Holman, welcome to another episode of the Truck Show Podcast, the number one truck enthusiast podcast on the internet. couple updates for you. Wait a minute. Did you I just welcome me to my to... own house? Yes, I did. Okay. As second. if you didn't live like 15 feet from the pod shed. Mm, hold on. Is it more than that? I'm looking. Or less? I would say... Yeah, 15 about, feet's about yeah, right. That's, right. That's about right. right yeah, fair enough. I'm pretty good with my away. measurements. Right. Uh, there's a couple things. Look down there, see what you brought you. See what I brought you? Uh, finally brought Dr. Pepper after you drank all of them. That's right. Look what's in the fridge. What do you see down there? Uh, Would those be chocolate chip muffins? Okay, those are chocolate chip muffins. <laughs> I just uh, those more for you than me? I, I passed them on the way to the soda aisle. Uh-huh. So I figured those looked yummy and I all was All right, hungry. so uh, we are renaming <laughs> the shed Diabetes Headquarters. Yes, yeah, yeah. I've got a question that I need answered before we get into the show. Okay. All right. Let's say that a, uh, a Mongols clubhouse opened up just a block from the pod shed here. A Mongols clubhouse. Yes. Okay. The motorcycle biker, the biker game. game. Yes, Got it. exactly yeah. right. Would you stop by and say, hey, guys, welcome to the neighborhood? Yes. Yeah, you would. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm wondering if I should do that because one just opened up next to Banks. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And they have some pretty nice trucks. I'm not going to lie. Uh-huh. You should offer them all pedal monsters and then basically have your turf taken care of. So that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh-huh. But I, I asked Colin, who you know at work, uh-huh. and he's kind of, um, I report to him indirectly, and in, in he and Gail, and I said, hey, what, there's a, a Mongols clubhouse. Do I do I make nice? Do I say we're uh-huh. here? Or do I just drive by, because I have to drive by them every day uh-huh. on the way to, work, uh, to the freeway. Do I just pretend like they're not there? Uh-huh. And the other day I saw a beautiful black F-250 just murdered out. Then I saw a Raptor and I thought, okay, these guys have some money. They've got mm-hmm. some nice trucks. Mm-hmm. Do I say hi? Or do I roll up and I'm the dumb white boy and they all pull, you know, guns on me? You no, know what I'm saying? I'm like, going to shoot you probably. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying, do they think I'm like Hell's Angel? I'm rolling up on their clubhouse? Well, here's, here's what I would do. I would get that digital sign that you had, mm-hmm. and I would change it to say, I come in peace. The digital sign that scrolls that uh-huh. I was using oh, for headlights? I come in Pedal Monster. <laughs> I come in Pedal Monster. <laughs> yes. I come in peace? Uh-huh. So I have been thinking I'm going to go up to him and just say, hey, guys, I'm I'm from Banks, and we're right around the corner. Been here since the 80s. Great. And uh, Mike Rice, Emmy Hall, anyone else who's been on the show who wants to audition as my new co-host when Lightning is murdered? <laughs> That's why I'm asking. I'm I don't, I mean... I, I have only known two Mongols, and they have been super nice then guys. you should call them However, and say, can I get an introduction? I don't know them personally. I've been introduced to them, and I hung uh-huh. out with them at car shows. They're known as being, you know, kind of rough and tumble guys, right? So I, here's me rolling up. I just, how do I approach it? Do uh-huh. I just drive up? I have no advice for you. In I told the, you, bring I your up, sign. I come in peace. No, I'm not going to do that. Do I drive up in the bank truck so it's obvious? Or do I pull up in the TRX and go, fellow truck guy? What if the guy works out? out a competitor and he's this is his moment? <laughs> he's going <laughs> to off me because I, he's at a, he works for AFE? <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. Well, all right. So you don't have any advice. I have nothing. No. I, why would I give you advice of that? Because, listen, if it, it goes bad, it's going to be my fault. You take the heat for my death? No. Would you take care of my kids and my wife? Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah, I would just take If care I have of... you as a backstop, I'm going in. Okay. Well. <laughs> All right. And if Lightning is not here on the next episode of the Truck Show Podcast- He has chosen he is, poorly. Well, he's either dead or a member of the Mongols and now no longer allowed to uh, come back on the show. Be a member of the Mongols. Yeah, no. I'd get the crap beaten out of me. I wonder what the initiation would look like for you. I, just, I don't know. A lot of black and blue. So, Holman, bottom line is I'm about to be friends with a motorcycle club, and I'm going to invite them over for uh day out and have brews. And then you will show them pictures of when you used to ride and you can <laughs> pontificate of your younger years. I rode a sport bike and not a Harley, right? I don't think they 
have sport bike guys, do they? Just have Chat GPT uh, change uh, your uh, uh, like a can, doesn't it do art now. Can't you do AI art? Say convert this photo of me on a sport bike into a uh, chopper. So I'm all leaned over on, oh, <laughs> on a ho- chopper. Hold on, hold on. This is hilarious. I uh, speaking of Chat GPT, I was playing with it the other day. I almost sent this to mm-hmm. you. Uh, and then I don't know. I got, got busy or something like Are that. Are you using ChatGPT to draw wieners on things? No, I you do not use AI for art. That is uh, that's ridiculous. I was playing with it, and I asked uh, who Lightning was, who Jay Tillis was, and what I what I realized when I was playing with it was uh, that you have to be specific at times. You have to ask how you want the question answered. You have to give it context. And you tell it what type of answer you're looking for and how you want it answered. So I said, is Jay Tillis from Long Beach famous? As of my knowledge cutoff in September 2021, I couldn't find any notable public figures or celebrities named Jay Tillis from Long Beach. So then I said, is Jay Tillis from Long Beach famous? Kind of gave me the same. Then I said, is Lightning from K-Rock well-known? Yes, Lightning, real name Jay Tillis, is a well-known radio personality from Southern California area, specifically associated with K-Rock, an influential alternative rock station. Jay Tillis was a longtime on-air personality and producer at K-Rock, where he hosted various programs and segments. His work on K-Rock has gained him recognition and popularity amongst fans of alternative rock music in the region. That's pretty interesting, right? Huh. So uh, this all started because one of my journalist friends, John Pearlie Huffman, had... um, put something and it said they didn't know anything about him and then people were saying well it does about me so everybody started piling on and then they realized you have to ask it a specific question in context and then his stuff came anyway this, that was the whole thing so i'm like well that's curious i wanted to see what it thought about you know us and the truck show podcast so i said is sean p holman well known i'm sorry i couldn't find anybody and then i said okay so we asked does sean p holman know about trucks and it's like well without specific information in his expertise i can't say for certain and it's like, all right. So they said, does journalist Sean P. Holm know about trucks? And still it was it was Nothing. vague. Hmm. Is Sean P. Holman a podcaster? Yes. Sean P. Holman is known as a podcaster. He's been involved in the automotive industry and has hosted or co-hosted several automotive-related podcasts. He's contributed to both the Truck Show podcast and the Truck Show with Lightning and Holman. <laughs> These podcasts often focus on truck-related topics, providing insights, discussions, and interviews related to uh, the automotive industry, Particularly trucks. Okay, so I thought that was interesting. So I I decided I was I was going to. Oh, you're uh, in the you're going down the rabbit hole of ChatGPT, well, right? Because yeah. now I'm like, this is. I mean, it's 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 fascinating, right? So then I asked, does Sean P. Holman, automotive journalist, know about trucks? Yes, Sean Holman is highly knowledgeable about trucks. With his extensive experience as an automotive journalist and his involvement in the Truck Show podcast, he has developed a deep understanding of various truck models, off-road you capabilities, are really leading towing GPT. capacities, and other aspects related to trucks. He has likely tested and reviewed numerous <laughs> trucks, staying up to date with the latest trends just guessing and developments in the truck industry. As a result, yeah. he can provide valuable insights and expertise when it comes to truck and related topics. That's interesting, you right? You let it though. That was that's not fair. Well, that's the only way to really do it, unless you're like a A-list celebrity. We're like Z's, right? So I wrote. I, I had asked it. I said, uh, "What is the Truck Show podcast?" Because I thought, okay, now we know about you, and we know about me. What does it know about our podcast? The Truck Show podcast is a popular podcast that focuses on all things truck, hosted by Sean P. Holman and Jay Lightning Tillis. The podcast covers various aspects of the trucking world, including news, industry trends, vehicle reviews, and interviews with industry experts and enthusiasts. The hosts discuss different truck models, modifications, off-road capabilities, towing, and other related 
topics. The Truck Show Podcast aims to entertain, yeah, we, we aim high, uh, and inform truck enthusiasts, providing valuable insights and entertainment for those interested in the world of trucks. Wow. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's kind of neat. It just trolled our website. It's, it trolled, yeah, yeah, all of it. Truckshowpodcast.com. We got some yeah. trigger words there. Some anyway. Key terms. I thought right? that was interesting. Yeah. Huh. All right. All right. So let's discuss where we were recently. Uh, both of us went to Overland Expo in uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. What? And yes, there was a very, very wet day. Friday was spent in like duck and cover in the media I was soaking room. wet and cold yeah. the, whole, the entire day. I, I thought it was interesting, though, because everybody who says that their rooftop tent is uh, leak-proof, yeah. well, you could really find out <laughs> which, who was lying and who wasn't. Man, it was just coming down. And uh, our, our buddies at Falcon were uh, saving the day, yep. handing out ponchos yep. with Falcon logos on them. And, uh, smart. They smart must move. have burned through a couple of hundred of them yep. pretty quickly. So anyway, it was uh, it was a fun trip. Uh, I uh, had my booth. Uh, in and, then, and then like Saturday, just all of a sudden, over. Yeah. Then I had my Jeep in the AAV booth. Well, which days did you have in the AAV uh, booth? Because it alternated. Friday and Sunday. <laughs> because Why? Because the a-holes at the... Uh, the event uh, decided that there was a cutoff. Uh, so this is part of a bigger problem where I had an issue, which you may have seen on uh, on the Instagram, where my tea case had a uh, a motor issue, and transfer w- case for was, those not indoctrinated, yeah, was not uh, was not shifting correctly and was in four high on the highway and all bound up and was making all sorts of noises and problems. So I had to limp it to the show. By the time I got to the show, I got stuck in the line, and by the time I got out of the line, it was. Like, you know, 708 or the something. The line to get into the gate. Yeah. yeah. And so the show for vendor, the cutoff was at 7. But I know everybody there. And where the booth was was right by an entrance. I could have gone, like, you know, 300 feet. You, been, did you boom. use the, hey, don't you know who I am? No, she knew who I was. Okay. And uh, Oh, that was arrogant right she, there. No, she knew who I was. And she's like, sorry, nothing I can do. And I'm like, don't you want to have the best show possible by having... You really, you're going to take a vehicle from a prominent booth... And say no because it's eight minutes past the cutoff when there's nobody inside yet. And this is at the back of the, oh, no, we have people walking around. Meanwhile, I watched freaking Honda driving pilots in and out with an escort walking in front of it while there were people there. No problem. So, yeah, I'm a little bitter about that. Anyway, long story short, was back in Sunday. And, and thanks for all the people who sent me pictures and all that. It was a really great show. 450 vendors, totally sold out. Uh, when I told you it was people, big, how, how many people were there? Because to me, it felt like thirty thousand. Thirty thousand. Okay. Yeah, I think it's thirty to fifty is what they say. But I told you it was big, and you had no idea. No, so I rolled up thinking it would be. Well, I knew it was out in the woods, kind of, sorta, at a, at a park. Is that fairgrounds? At a, a fair, well, they don't look like fairgrounds where you and I are from. Where you and I are from, it's That's just California Pampas. No, I know that. I know that. And and I these are beautiful fairgrounds. Uh, by the way, I've been to fairgrounds in Alaska. Gorgeous. Been to fairgrounds in well, okay, Texas. Why, gorgeous. Why are we going down this road? But I'm saying, like, I didn't know what to expect. Okay, so I roll it's up fairgrounds. It's beautiful. Keep yeah. going. So I come up and it just, it's expansive. And I go around and around. Finally get in, 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 in. Yeah. And it just, I see a sea of booths forever. And I go, okay. Like, it's just it's massive. Giant. It's 75 plus acres or something like that. Yeah, it's huge. The quality of booths were great. It wasn't like people were selling tchotchkes. Everyone, all the all the name brands were there. All the best builds were there. It was like SEMA, but just for overlanding, just for car camping. And I thought it was really, really fun. I really had a good time. Uh, I had less of a good time. Uh, yeah, well, on Saturday. You had a good time on Friday yeah. and on Sunday. Sunday was fine. Yeah. Uh, I was able to, uh, and I give a shout out to my friend Jesse, who owns Summit 4x4 in Arizona, which is a premier 4x4 off-road He saved shop. your ass. No, he didn't. Help oh, me. 
I had all my tools. He, I, I've known Jesse. I've got gone wheeling with Jesse. Jesse was walking by, and he's like, "Hey, where are you going?" I go, "I got to pull my front drive shaft." He goes, "I'll help you." Now, why did he do all the work? I took the pictures because he said he wanted and to, and so I'm like, you "No, just, you just laid there and smoked a stogie." I smoked a stogie, and I <laughs> did the bolts on the uh, on the TK side, and he mm-hmm. did the bolts on uh, the other side, and uh, we worked together. He did like I say, eighty percent. Because he's my friend, and he's like, I want to help you out. And so uh, I was I was going out there to do it myself. I had all my tools with me. I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have a friend who owns a shop who's like, yeah, dude, I got time. Let's do it. You guys had that thing in un, out in under an hour. Yeah, and it's it's hard because of how far back. Uh, the drive shaft's very long on that, and it goes past the skid plate and cross member, and it's really tight with the exhaust in there. So it's not like you can just get a tool in there. We had like six extensions. Yeah, I remember he was T50. getting like a 16th of a turn on the wrench. Yeah, it was like an eighth of a turn at a time. Yeah. So it was. it took a while. But we got it off, and it uh, allowed me to be in two-wheel drive, and the transfer case was doing all of its wacky stuff, but I, I was able to drive it around and then drive home. So One of the things that I would have liked to have done when I was there, just didn't have time because you and I were walking around with a microphone, which you guys will hear shortly, uh, is that they had a lot of classes. And I did walk around oh, on, the, on, the, on that back section. I didn't realize it first. So when I finally got away from you, I walked way out to the tents, and they were doing these really bitching classes. Yep. One was winching another one was food on the road or on the trail they they were all so different and they were all like 45 minutes to an hour long and i just stood at the back and kind of watched this one and moved on to the next and i would have loved to have gone back there and used that mobile app and just basically said i want to go to this one this one yeah. on monday or the, you know, saturday sunday this time two four whatever that would have been fun and just learned a lot i didn't get a chance to soak any of that stuff in well uh, you left early so you could have done that on sunday I could have, but I had to be at work on Monday, and that was a long drive as it was. So I don't know. I was kind of I pushed out, and I just bailed on Sunday. So, and Sunday was great. Sunday, Sunday, was, Sunday beautiful. was beautiful. Awesome. I, I, I agree. But if I didn't have to work Monday, I would have stayed. I just didn't want to do that commute at Sunday night. It just yeah, meh, meh, meh. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the AV booth was great. We were there with OVR magazine. So uh, Mark Hahn and I were uh, cruising around with a. Uh, Kudos to Britt at American Venture Lab. We've had Britt on the show before. He does laser-cut aluminum. He built us a mobile newsstand in a wagon. And so basically we were going the, around The one from, that was covered all in stickers. Yeah, so everybody we saw, were, we were trading stickers. They were slapping stickers on there. Um, OVR w- was all the buzz at uh, at Expo. People were blown away. It was the first time a lot of people see the magazine in person. Um, we got a ton of meetings and advertisers, new advertisers out of it. So being able to uh, go and, and show OVR off, and, and we had just gotten issue number three, which is great. And by the way, a lot of you guys have been sending emails after you subscribe to OVR Mag saying, hey, thanks to the Truck Show podcast or thanks to Sean Holman, uh, I'm a subscriber. Appreciate all that stuff. You guys have been tagging us in social. It really I hope helps. you've been getting a uh, commission off that. Um, well, I'm a part owner, so it'll all come at some point. Mm. So anyway, uh, OVR will kick butt. There was a lot of of just awesome products. Despite the weather, people out there are very hardy. So I uh, went we I went by a couple booths and they were saying that they there was a uh, who was it KC Lighting had sold out of a couple of products. Mm-hmm. Um, we went by another your your Overland Cookery had sold oh, out. Oh yeah, of those some, guys are awesome. They sold out of their books. Like there was um, there was a lot of action going on. And so yeah, it was it was great. If if you're into overlanding, I recommend you put it on the calendar for next year as soon as they announce the date. Well, and they also have Pacific Northwest coming up, Mountain West and East the rest of the year. So ah. uh, go to, uh, to I think it's uh, overlandexpo.com, 
and then you can find out some of the uh, some of the cool events coming up. But speaking of events, that means we need you guys to send us events for our events calendar at truckshowpodcast.com. So please, if you've got a local truck show, and we don't care how small it is, even if it's cars and coffee, if it's recurring, or if it's a big event that everybody needs to know about, please send it to us because we want to make sure that we can uh, help promote that for you. And what we're looking for is anything that somebody can be in their little town going, I don't know, what's within 100 miles of here? So that's why we don't care about how small it is. Yeah, I mean, it can be a meetup. It can be like a three, four hour meetup on a Saturday. It could be a full trail run. I just posted a trail run on there. It doesn't there. have to be a trail run. It could be a, a, a classic car. Car meetup or whatever. Meet all sorts of well, no, yeah. I, don't, I want to get like classic car meets. I want to keep a truck and Jeep related. Are you mental? Have you ever heard of a C10 or a bump side F100? Uh, okay. If trucks are represented, then yes, yeah, we're no in. Yeah, no kidding, you goofus. Yeah. I'm just saying, if it's truck related, we're in and we'll post it. So you guys have been good and uh, sending us a few and we'll continue to get them up on the events calendar because we're getting some traction on the Google. Yep. And if you haven't heard from us, we get, we get a ton of email and I know that there's probably some that we missed. If you send something in, and then we will respond when we get it. If we haven't responded, just resend it. It's not a well, big it's deal. It's funny because the, the guy from C10 Slowdown, which mm-hmm. is a, a truck show happening yeah. in Northern California, he had DM'd. I put the stuff up, and then he emailed back, and he goes, hey, just FYI, I'd love for you guys to put it. I'm like, hey, slacker. It was up two weeks ago. Yeah. He said, oh, sorry. Sometimes I didn't, I didn't sometimes notice. we're fast, and sometimes we're not. You just, mm-hmm. Depends where you catch us in the cycle. Lightning's in the name. All right, uh, before we start the show, let's uh, talk about the people that support the show. And first and foremost is Nissan. And if you're in the market for a half-ton or mid-sized truck, you want to head on over to NissanUSA.com or to your local dealer. You can check them out in person. You can build and price online. If you need a truck with a really good warranty, the Titan and Titan XT have a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. If you want to pick a truck that is honest and just the right size, definitely want to take a look at the Nissan Frontier. In fact, I was looking at potentially uh, picking up a Frontier for myself because I saw they had some pretty good lease rates uh, online. So. <laughs> Except for that one lease rate that was too good to be true. Might have been too good to be true. And then a week later it was it gone. It disappeared. Yeah. Yes. So, the, no. You guys don't know this. Hold on. Let me, let me yeah, just yeah. give some backstory here. Last During the last show, yep. when we're recording it, Holman surfs the internet and he pulls it up on the big screen in our studio here. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at a lease and I, we both look at it and he says, I'm thinking about buying this truck for my daughter, Marin. And I said- that can't be right. That payment is way too low. Mm-hmm. He goes, I can put down a couple hundred bucks and it was like under $200 a month for a brand new freaking Frontier. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay, well, my and oldest it, son- And it could be a write-off. And my oldest son, who's in college, who's driving around a beat Scion, is like, he needs something. I just don't feel comfortable with him going up and down the five freeway, at like hundreds of miles to school back and forth in a little car that doesn't have any airbags. So I'm thinking, oh my God. That is a crazy smoking deal. I'm going to buy him a truck. And then a week later, the the race changed and it's still a good deal. And it's gone. But no, it's, <laughs> it's still a good deal. I, I was looking at it because I'm thinking, well, I've got a kid who's learning to drive and I can spend, uh, you know, X amount of dollars, a couple hundred bucks a month on a 36 month lease. You know, spend what, 7,500 bucks or something like that. And she can have a new car that's reliable and you know, maybe get a little right off for the company. Then I don't have to. Otherwise, I'm spending ten to twelve on something that's ten years old with a hundred thousand miles. And if you bump into a curb, your tires don't care about it. This one has steel wheels. Uh, I was looking at the Frontier uh, Crew Cab S. Dude, it's really hard to beat the price. So Frontier Crew Cab S four by two, a twenty three comes with keyless entry and air conditioning and power windows and locks. It has CarPlay in it. And you can add like the tech package for like 900 bucks or something like that and get adaptive cruise control. And I'm like, it's perfect. It's 
like around it's the, 30 grand. It's the perfect first truck. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So yeah. anyway, I'm keeping my eye on it because I definitely uh, would be, I would not be opposed to uh, adding one to the personal stable. All right, so on the way out to Overland Expo, Holman had one of his clients, 74 Weld Quinn, who has been on the show a couple of times. They make those really cool portal axles. He had a brand new 2023 truck that he was going to debut at the show. So they go out to Goff's, which is out in the Mojave Desert, and they're doing a little photo shoot. And I just kind of tagged along and showed up there. And he's driving the truck around, and I know the particular truck, and I know it's sluggish. And we'll talk more about it later on the show. So I had a pedal monster with me, a Banks pedal monster. I put it on, and Holman, you saw Quinn's reaction. Yeah, like, he was pretty excited about he it. He was like, he was smiling. So obviously, he has portal axles, it changed the gearing a little bit, but the truck was still sluggish. The engine is the engine; it's naturally aspirated. That's it. We put on the pedal monster, and he was smiled from ear to ear. He was just wow. This is the way that this truck should come off the line. So if you have a truck that just lags in the throttle response department, look up a pedal monster from Banks, bankspower.com, type in your year making model, and there's one for almost every truck on the road. A lot of you have reached out already. I've hooked you up with pedal monsters, smoking deals through my DM at LBC Lightning, and it's the same reaction every single time. Oh, sh I can't believe what a difference it made. So bankspower.com, Check out your pedal monster. No matter what you drive, whether it's a, a brand new base model truck, a uh, older truck, something that's lifted, if you're looking for a great set of shocks, head over to uh, BillsteinUS.com where you can look at the entire range of monotube shocks. Billstein was the inventor of the monotube shock, and their shocks are some of the highest quality pieces you can buy today. When the road runs out, Billstein shocks will keep you going. You can go uh, everything from the direct replacement 4600s all the way up to the bypass B8 8100s and everything in between. If you tow, if you have a daily driver, if you see dirt, Billstein has a product for you. In fact, I got the hang out in the booth and uh, spend a bunch of time at Expo with those guys and uh, basically uh, couch surfed in their house. Yeah, he's great. You know who didn't? Lightning. Uh, nope. And uh, we we uh, played pool and had nightcaps every night and watched movies together. It was great. And you know who didn't? No. This guy. Right well, here. you left early, so. Dude, we drove out together and you peeled off and went to the Billstein house and I went to the freaking Spring Hill Suites. That sounds pretty good. I mean, it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't fun like the Billstein house. No, Billstein house is great. Mm-hmm. Hang out with good people, good product. No, I saw your photos. It was fun. To get to, I was uh, jealous. I'm laying in bed, uh -huh. staring at the ceiling, uh -huh. and knowing that you're playing pool with the Bilstein guys. Yeah. 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 I, I saw. So you earn that over time. So. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I earn it? Uh, I have freaking black hockey squares on my truck. Yeah, what do I got to do? Those, no? those came with the truck. You, I, my flat fitter even Is it going to be like joining a motorcycle club where you have to <laughs> yeah. beat the crap out of me, right? <laughs> no, nah, we don't jump people in. We just uh, You just have to hang out in the booth at Overland Expo selling a 6112s to literally... Every single person that walks in, you'll hear some audio later, but uh, we were joking about how popular the 6112 was for Tacoma owners. And somebody will walk in, they go, I got a Tacoma and blah, blah, blah. They're like, 6112s. Next, next guy. Hey, I heard about 6112. Next guy. 6112s. I, mean, like, like, I got a Nissan Frontier. Oh, no, the 6112s on Frontier are great. Yeah. If you're looking for shocks, I highly recommend Bilstein. I run them on all my personal vehicles, and I love them. Yeah. So I want to give a personal shout-out to one of the booths that saved my ass from being completely drenched to the bone on X. <laughs> they were inside. Did you notice that? I did notice they were inside. In fact, they were saying, I was talking to Andy over at Onyx, 
And uh, he was talking about how the inside area during the rainstorm, they had- It was packed. Yeah, they had more people mobbed. talking about Onyx than the entire show. It was mobbed. I was there doing some small yep. talk just to stay out of the rain. And uh, yeah, dude, that, that was- uh, Did that you was say, hi, I'm, I'm Lightning for the Truck Show podcast? I didn't. No, I didn't. You I just rolled in. No, I just, I was a regular schmo there. Just no, asking they, questions they about Onyx. They sponsor your show, dude. I understand that, but You're I- You're a partner. I get it, but I wanted they to They want be, to love you. Listen to me. I wanted to be the average guy. I wanted to roll up. Uh-huh. I wanted to hear their pitch. I wanted to hear the pr- about the product, the app, the whole thing. And that's exactly what they did. So I got the full-on pitch. It was great. They, they were super personable. I had a good time. Did they talk about the key features? They did. Landowner details and trail open dates to weather forecasts? They did. All right. Did you uh, discover- They talked about CarPlay. They talked about synchronization across all of your devices from your Mac, your PC, your iOS, Android, all of it. Did they help you discover new trails near uh, Flagstaff to check out your uh, TRX off-road? They actually did have a couple of maps pulled up that they were showing off. And I'm like, if I had more time, I would have taken them. They uh, show you how to save your maps for offline use or uh, customize it with markups or even better, use the new route builder tool, which is a uh, game-changing feature that allows you to not only plan your trip within Onyx, but also share with your entire crew going out with you. Oh, they did. Well, then they did their job and we're doing ours. All right. Uh, If you want to know more about Onyx, head over to uh, onyxoffroad.com where you can find out all about the new app. You can download it for your phone off the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. You can subscribe and get to exploring today. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between we'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline the truck show the truck show the truck show it's the truck show with your hosts lightning and holman so i think that this is the longest intro we've done in a while of Maybe ever. No, we, this not is ever. This just is, shy of a half an hour before not, we started the intro. It's not even close. Really? Yeah, we've, we've done 40-something minutes because we suck at this job. Really? Yeah. But we yeah. have lots of content. Is, Who cares where the, the intro is? I think I don't know. Does it matter to you guys? Because I listen to a lot of podcasts, and the intro's All right, way let, up front. Let, let, me, let me point something out We did 25 minutes of banter it, before the it. intro. Let's just listen for a second. When you're on the front of my house on the sidewalk, is my front door at the sidewalk, or do you have to walk up the walkway to get to the front door? So you're saying that our show has a setback? We are set back from the curb. <laughs> the front lawn is where we welcome you, but we don't introduce who we are until we get to the front door. And here we are. Now you're inside the living room. That's comfortable in here. All right. Well, let's play some audio. Hey, no, that's not me. <laughs> I arrived just in time to get soaked under a massive rain cloud. John, over here at the Toyo booth. Is this normal weather up here? I don't know. I don't live here. No, I know, but you're here every year. <laughs> yeah, now you don't know what to expect here in Arizona, right? I've been to a lot of Overland Expos out here, and every year there's something else, whether it's a windstorm or rain. I think one year back in the day it snowed. So you never know. Yeah, I'm looking over there. There's beautiful blue skies with like wispy clouds, and right above us, God's just going to urinate on us. Well, yeah, I blame <laughs> you. How? Partly because, you know. Because I just rolled lightning. in and I brought, yeah. oh yeah, I am lightning, yeah. yeah. All right, let's clean up this uh, Toyo booth real, get everything inside your Sprinter van. We'll get over to the media booth. So I roll in and it immediately starts raining and I uh, have a lunch with the media crew and then I roll over and I get about 100 yards from the media booth where uh, it's just completely 
completely pouring down, and I go, oh, Helwig has the tent. And I race over, and I'm... And I find Mike. What's up, dude? We, we always have what you need. How's right. it going? I'm glad you're here. I'm, You've got the sway not, bars for the TRX in the tent when I'm soaked. 100%. I'm not glad you brought the rain, but I'm glad you're here. And I'm totally ill-prepared. I'm rolling around with my uh, Truck Show Podcast hoodie, which is made out of cotton. It's not Gore-Tex. All absorbent. And I'm soaked. Oh, yes. I'll give you the jacket off my back, but I don't know if it's the same size. This is midget size. No, you need to stay warm. But you're rolling around in flip-flops. And I, I realize that they have a tread on the bottom, and they're quote-unquote off-road flip-flops. off-road flip-flops. It looks silly, I gotta be honest. It looks as silly as I do. It matches my theme. I'm going for silly. <laughs> You've been coming to Overland events before Overland was even a thing. When people said, over what? Overloading? Overlanding. So and I then, call them overloaders. I mean, overlanders. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, technically, overlanding is not new. Uh, right. Everybody thinks it is. Uh, my grandpa did it in a van. He called it car camping. Uh, my ancestors before that, they did it in covered wagons with oxen. And I think they sure. called it Manifest Destiny. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's brand new. It's right. a new thing, new thing for overlanding. Yeah, But, it, but it's evolved. So. But when it got the cool title of overlanding, and then the wife started said, I'll overland with you, honey. And so it... Yeah, it evolved from just the boys' trip to the family. 100%. And the dog and the wife, right? And the mother-in-law. Yep, said it. She's coming too. Let's now, go. Now, take us through the kind of the, the history of overlanding because you have been with the sport. Is it a sport? No, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. For so long. First, you like I'm looking out into the parking lot, which is one of the, or the campground, I should say, and I see Land Rovers. I see some older vehicles. I feel like those were the OGs of overlanding. No. Oh, most definitely. Uh, one of the, the very first overland trips was an old Series 1 Land Rover, uh, and it's famous. It went from London to Singapore. A matter of fact, many people have redone that trip, and recently they just redid the trip in the original Series 1 Land Rover. No kidding. From Lon London to Singapore. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's the, the lifestyles evolved. Uh, the thing I love about overlanders, they're laid-back people. Uh, I typically describe them as hippies that figured out how to make money. So a true overlander would be to build a vehicle that is self-sufficient, self-reliant, and to circumnavigate the globe or whatever they want to do for as long as they possibly can without needing anything or anyone. Uh, unfortunately, in this capitalistic society, we all need to make money. So some people can only do it on the weekend. So we right. have the weekend warriors, uh -huh. which is just fine. That's now, great. you've broken up the overlanding community into segments, and I'd like you to take us through those. I have, I have, and I might offend some people, and, and, and that's okay. I'm, I'm here to do that sometimes. Yes. So, yeah, so we've got the, the overlanders. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got the sloverlanders. Uh, sloverlanders? Yeah, so the sloverlanders would be your older uh, vehicles, like your old... Wait, 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 what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, Didn't we just interview you, like, a few days ago? Speaking of sloverlanders... <laughs> this guy right here. I'm, I'm what you call a goverlander, because I go fast. Hmm, debatable. Uh, 392, pal. Oh, my bad. I forgot. I forgot you had the, the you, you punched some power. Mike is taking us through the various categories of overlanders. Okay. So we, so far we're at slow overlanders. So we've got slow overlanders. So that'd be more your your older 79 series. I think they're 79 year olds. They could be. That could be too. Yeah. Your old Land Rovers, ones that are the, you're passing doing 57, and they're still going slow. Going, what the what the heck's going on there? Okay. Uh, then we've got uh, your Broverlanders. Broverlanders. Oh, Broverlanders. Broverlanders. And, and that's so that what you're going to see with the mid to long travel. Those are, those, those are the guys that built up a TRD Pro as their overlanding rig. Yes, and or a Forerunner or a GSX with the mid travel. They got a rooftop tent, but they want to do 70 miles an hour across the desert. Yep. And that's why King is here. A hundred percent. I would agree with that statement. Uh, okay. All the performances. The words Goverlander fit in. 
I'm in, I'm in between. You, you just made that up, right. actually. Which You're is a betweener? Which, I'm a tweener, yeah. Go, Gover Landing <laughs> is somebody who isn't bro, doesn't have tall black socks, but also likes going fast, but also likes having nice things and good suspension, but doesn't need to race or chase Baja. Okay. Just Here's the Goverlander. I want to drive 100 miles during the day between camp spots, but I want to get there by 2.30 so I can set up in the sun and enjoy camping for a while. I like that. You that's like a good that? definition. That's, that's I'll take go- that. That's Goverlanding. Okay. Yeah. So Goverlanding, you got Broverlanding and Sloverlanding. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, we've got Foverlanding. Foverlanding. Oh, that's yes. the mo crawlers. Exactly. That's the yeah, the roto packs that aren't even uh, UV uh, faded because they've been in the garage the whole time. 100. Yeah. percent Yes. The, the all show, no go. So Brover, Gover, Slover, Fover. Oh, I'm sure there's other variations. Okay. Too. There are yeah, other, but they're they're um, they're not proper for this family show. Right, that yeah. is correct. Okay, so this you've been coming to this show for eight years. Yes. Right, and how have you seen this show evolve? Right, Jay has this covered, clearly, so I'll yeah. see you guys later. Bye. Okay, bye. How has Overlanding Expo evolved? So Overland Expo West uh, has changed locations. When I first started going, it was in at Mormon Lake. So still here in Flagstaff, but it was on private property out in the field, which made it... Uh, uh, it was more rugged. We had years where there was rain and snow, and we were digging trenches to let water out of our booze, and we were ripping up bales of hay. Sounds that gentleman knows. He sounds was fun and miserable. It was miserably awesome. It's miserably like, awesome. It's like doing the Baja One Thousand. Okay. It, it's wonderful. It's horrible. It's absolutely gut wrenching. But I'll do it again tomorrow. It was there. It was a good event. But as overlanding gained popularity and more people were coming, they just need a bigger space. So now it's at Fort Tuthill County Park here in Flagstaff proper. Uh, and now I've just seen it Freaking grow. massive. 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 You, you need the three days. You need three days to come and talk to everybody and see what's going on. I was told that there's over 400 vendors of which... You're the first that we've spoken to, and I don't think I'm going to get to the other 399. Well, again, in true Flagstaff fashion, it is now raining, so, yeah. yeah All so. right, well, love you, Mike. Congrats with the product line. You're going to kill it out here with Hellwig, and I'm enjoying the uh, sway bars on the TRX. Awesome. I'm love loving clover leaves in a whole new way right now. I told you. Yep. I told you what. It just, it, it feels almost like it's two-wheel drive now where I can swing the ass end out where I couldn't before. It's just a totally different feel. Yeah. Race so car. thank you. Yeah, race car. Not a car. problem at all. Race car. Thanks, Brady. Have a, have a good one. Holman, something smells so good. I have to stop here. Are you okay with that? Yeah, because I know these guys, and uh, I've eaten their food before. Tell me about Overland Cookery. What, have you, what do you know about them? How uh, are you familiar with well, them? Well, they have overlanding in the name and cooking in the name. So, so it's you. basically everything I love in one There's place. There's no whiskey or bourbon in the name, though. Oh, but when you go out with them and they feed you, there is. Mm. Oh, really? Not in the name. It's, it's silent. Is this a secret menu? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's off menu items. Yeah, I know. It's a very descriptive name. Overland Cookery. Yeah. Who are we with? What do you do? I'm Jason Schaub. I'm the owner of Overland Cookery. I authored the cookbook, Overland Cookery. Same He's right name. here behind us. Yep. That is a mammoth hardbound book. Holy Thank mackerel. Thank you. This is a second edition. Just came out this year. Uh, we've tripled the recipes. There's 96 recipes. Do Every... you have mackerel in any of your recipes? Mackerel? He said holy mackerel, so. Oh. <laughs> I have smoked herring. Oh, it's close. Kipper snacks. Get you on that one. Uh, but no, all the recipes are based off the most perishable ingredient, so you can meal plan out multiple days, up to two weeks, and not have food go bad in Dude, cold super storage. Smart. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, very powerful tool for overlanding. Well, yeah. let's back up. How did you? Oh, you were a chef before you started this. Like, what's the backstory? This is a passion project. Yeah, I've always loved food, and I wrote the cookbook as a passion project on the side, and started getting requests for doing meal service for events outdoors, and it's just 
exploded from there. Luckily. But again, were you a chef? Like, how did you know how to do all this? Oh, yeah. I've loved cooking for a long time. And Lady, you've had again, my food. Am I a chef? Uh, you are a... I guess I would call you a chef. No, I was going to say no, because I'm not classically trained. I just love it. So, I mean, But I think at some point you become a de facto chef. Were okay. you a professional chef? I was not a professional chef, and I wouldn't call myself a chef per se. I'm a cook. Yeah. I love yeah, that's, food. That, I create, same thing. Yeah, but by default, in fact, that we're running this company and I'm the head chef, then, yeah, sure, you can call me a chef. Okay, and what inspired you to write this book? I've always loved food. I've always loved good food, and I wanted to get away from what I call standard camping fare, which is hot dogs, preserved meats, hamburgers, things like that. Sure. And with a little bit of meal planning up front, you can have really good, excellent, creatively developed meals and really enjoy the outdoors, bring people together around incredible food, and elevate your entire outdoor experience. So they've got this cool camping trailer or cooking trailer here. We've been out in the campsite. How about linens on the table? How about lobster on the trail? You're kidding me. How about a bar with all the libations that you could ever want at the end of a dusty day? Yep, wine pairings. Grilled lobster tail. Where are you setting up shop next that I can join in? <laughs> right here. Look, they're making food right now. I know it smells so good. It's just oh, my breakfast off for a demo. I see eggs and sausage and bacon and oh my. Yeah, we got a traditional British breakfast. So stewed tomatoes, with fresh thyme and shallots, roasted mushrooms. Please tell me you have corrected the one mistake of a traditional British breakfast, and that's not undercooking the eggs. Not under. Yeah, oh, every time yeah. I go to the UK, it's like everything needs like three more minutes. Yeah, the Europeans have a, a wet scrambled yeah, egg which is not an American preference it's not they also have blood sausage yeah. which is equally not an American and it's preference. very mealy yes. like when you bite oh. into it it's, it's so but their baked beans are like right on point so to me it's like everybody goes go to Britain have an English breakfast and the first time I had it I was like uh, well yeah. not so great yeah ours is a little bit lighter um, and it's actually great for vegetarians too if you omit the meat because yeah. the stewed tomatoes and mushrooms are just incredible you can eat that by themselves and so as you're developing this book who were you bouncing these ideas off of? Like uh, friends, family? Initially, the first edition was, yeah, friends and family. I wrote it. I actually broke my leg and I was in the hospital, not sure what I was going to do. My previous professional background is in public health, public health nutrition specifically. It's okay. always food related. And I broke my leg in a hiking accident and was in the hospital. I was like, okay, let's plan our next trip. And so we're going to do Death Valley and working out the menu because we always like to have good food when we go out. And I'm thinking in my public health mind, like this should be an analytical way to plan this so we don't have anything go bad. And I'm like, well, actually, someone should write a cookbook about this. And I'm just like, Actually, okay, that should be me. That's me. <laughs> yeah, I literally wrote the first book and I think like five months, tested all the recipes. And a lot of it we'd already been doing when we go out anyways because we've been overlanding, yeah. camping yeah, for sure, years. Right, exactly. Yeah. And uh, got it published and started selling it here, and it's just taken off. He makes it sound so easy. Just got it published and it took off. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then all the we went from 32 to 96 recipes for the second edition, and a lot of these are field tested from our corporate events that we do. Awesome. So, uh, so it's OverlandCookery.com is where people go to find out more about you, and if they've got an event where they want to hire you, they can do it through there as well. Exactly. Yep. Okay. We've got booking forms. Uh, we do private chef events for, we can do weddings, we can do media events. We, we do a lot of corporate media events. Where are you uh, based? We have two operating units, one in Tucson, Arizona, one in San Jose, California. Okay. And what if someone is, you know, a thousand miles away? Do you travel? We can. It's where the client wants us and what they're willing to pay, really. Uh, if they want a, an elevated outdoor dining experience on a ridgeline in a remote area, we can get there. Anywhere you can take a forerunner or a land cruiser, we can get our outdoor kitchen. Love it. Fantastic. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for the food, and uh, congrats on the success of the business, and we'll catch up with you soon. Well, hold on a second. You said thanks for the food. Is he going to feed us? No, I've eaten his food before. You haven't. The book's available on barnesandnoble.com. Oh, also, Barnes yeah. & Noble. There you go. Along with OVR Magazine, just saying. There we go. So it looks like I'm just going to walk away hungry.
You might. This sucks. Uh, you want some food? I can get you some food. Oh, he's my buddy. All right, Omen, we're waiting for this guy to free up. We're outside of the Yankum Ropes booth here, and I'm seeing an interesting fair lead. I want to talk to the uh, this guy about it. All right, yeah, it's a uh, aluminum hostile fair lead, but it has the uh, it's machined out so you can hook your rope around it so that it stays close to the uh, the winch and the bumper and it's not exposed as much to the UV. So that's a pretty cool idea. What's your name? Shane. Shane. Yes. Do you own the company? I do not. I wish I did. Oh, <laughs> damn. That must mean it's really successful. That's, you know, it's been awesome. We, uh, we've, we started in 2018, and it has been an upward exponential trajectory for us. We're made in Idaho. Um, so everything you see, we, we hand finish there. We actually do braiding there in wow. our own warehouse. And then all these awesome aluminum parts as well, we do in Idaho, so. Yeah, your aluminum awesome. Fairlead here, uh, basically we're just describing it as a hoss that has some machining out of it to fit the eye of the rope around the end. And that keeps the synthetic rope less exposed to UV and back on the winch drum where it's safer. You got it, you got it. We call it the groove Fairlead. So yeah, your, your eye of your winch, we take out the thimble, we take out the hook. It's a four inch eye and it just buries nicely right in there. So when you're sucking your winch line back in, you just pop it right in and yeah, everything's basically hidden. You do have a couple exposed parts, UV's gonna hit it, but it's much better than the big tongue wagging out of the front sure. of your winch line. Especially with the rocks hitting it yeah, and abrasion yeah. exactly. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's the, that's the best part. There's a great video with Fab Rats on YouTube where they smack it right into those uh, rocks in San oh, yeah. Hollow. Not, not a scratch. Doesn't even the touch fairly. the, the yeah. uh, rope because the rope ends up being uh, recessed past the face of the yeah. uh, fairly, which is Correct. pretty cool. You have a patent on it yet? Uh, we got the patent on it, yeah. Nice, patented congrats. Patented fair lead, and so for quite some time, we'll be the only ones carrying that. That'll be awesome. So we actually <laughs> make it for you know full-size rigs. We do it for offset bolt patterns. Cool. We do it for competition-wide drums and side-by-side. So you probably got a two-inch, two-and-a-half-inch thickness to bring them out on some of the bigger stuff? Yeah, yeah. Stuff? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, awesome. yeah, we're, yeah, we're one-and-a-half-inch one okay. on this. Yeah, so, and then we type three hard anodize them. So hardest coating you can get on yep. them. We will be coming out with some colors, though, here pretty soon. So. I'm sure that's probably been a big ask it for is. people. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do your ropes differ from uh, your competition? I don't, want, I don't know much about the competition. They sell kinetic ropes. We all stretch, right? What I can tell you is we are made in Burley, Idaho. We actually have machinery in-house. That's the only thing I could tell you. I know 100% for sure is we braid it from A to Z. I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a. Yeah, there's companies that buy marine rope or things yeah. like that, and or there's a lot of overseas product out there. Yeah. You guys are taking the raw material, braiding it, making your own rope yeah. out of it in-house. Absolutely, we, cool. we we test. We have a high standard that we're working towards, and we're always. It allows us to devise new things. You know, really test out strengths and really bring something to the market that fits every single need that we need to fill. You can be quick on your feet. Exactly. I mean, yeah, especially with the colors, with co-branding and other stuff with even some other companies that we're working with sure. to help them get a rope too. A high quality American made ropes. So. That's um, what we need. Truck show podcast ropes. To hang ourselves. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> we do that verbally all the time. Yeah. It's really bad. See, we got these big two inches here you can beat each other with. It's a great Oh, we should do that. that. Yeah, that would be great. Can <laughs> I can I beat lightning nah, with one no, of these? Uh, see you guys. See you later. Ow. <laughs> Damn, that hurts. Yeah, this thing's pretty heavy. Holy mech, would you cut it out? <laughs> Put it down. So, I'm, yeah. a, I'm just going to take this now, with hold me, on. thank you. I'm going to get this thing out of my pants and it's going to hurt as much as that. Yeah, be I know. It's, uh, <laughs> we, got, we got one we call Shrek around here somewhere. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, how do people see these uh, this equipment online? So go to yankumropes.com or yankum.com. Y-A-N-K-U-M.com. Perfect. Beautiful. Thank you. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it. Standing with the man who was the most brilliant marketer in the history of marketers <laughs> yesterday because he uh, gave every single attendee a falcon poncho. 
Well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say everyone, but man, we gave out 150 ponchos in probably 15 minutes yet. I think I saw it, all yeah. of them. I saw all of them too. <laughs> yeah. They were the only people was, that were still walking around because they weren't soaking wet. Yeah, it was great advertising for us. <laughs> I mean, you got 150 people walking around advertising for you. That's yeah, great. It was beautiful. It was Eric Carlos, a specialist for off-road. He brought them, he thought of it. I mean, it was a great call out. Well, we're here right now in the uh, Falcon booth with our good friend, Doug Fletcher, and you guys are uh, showing off your new Wild Peak RT tire which is sort of the tweener between the really successful AT3 and your MT. Man, the, the AT was a 3W, right? AT3W, That's yes. a great all-terrain tire, super durable. We've been on a bunch of trips together on that tire. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm really curious about the, uh, the new RT. The RT has performed exceptionally well so far this year. We have it on the Falcon Jeep, and it's really done everything we've asked it to do. And the cool thing, Sean, is that being that I want to really put a good test to it, I didn't air down for hardly anything. So we're we're running at 32 to 35 psi, and we crawled concrete pipes at 35 awesome. psi um, down in Terra de Sol, and um, just having an outstanding time with it. Now hold it, on, was that a test or were you just being lazy? No, it was a test. <laughs> we actually want to really put it to it, and and give that tire some good shots good you know recognition and everything else and be able to talk like this with someone as famous as you no uh, hardly oh don't even hardly. don't blow up his ego like that please dear god geez how many times have we been out together oh, many Sean? many times yeah not as famous as uh, falcon poncho was yesterday yeah. i'll tell you that much the rt has been a huge success for us it's it is in between the mt and the at but it's more on the mt casing so you got um, that MT durability and puncture resistance with a little bit of a milder tread. Still looks cool. It's more aggressive than the AT tire tread. So it's that person that wants an MT but doesn't necessarily want any of the penalties that might come or the trade-offs of going to an MT tire in terms of maybe noise and handling. Well, it's super quiet. Yeah, no, I love, MT's love that. not loud. No, it's not no. loud at all. The MT is no. actually one of the quieter MTs on the market. The other thing that's that's been added into it is we brought in a feature that we call HD, okay, which is heavy duty. So it was really designed for towing capabilities. Oh, great, okay. So anything you're gonna tow with it, if you get the Duraspec technology, which is our, our five-ply casing, and then the HD on it, um, you, you've got a winner. Are you talking about E and F load rating for tow rigs, 80 PSI, things Correct. like that? Correct, okay. yeah, E and F ratings in it. Um, and it's so far doing an awesome job. Like I said, it's on our Jeep, and uh, I wheeled with you on it yep. when we did the uh, Mojave Desert. Yep. And you saw me plow through the sand. I mean, we were in, what, maybe a foot deep of oh, sand Oh, at least, that? yeah. There was a lot of people getting stuck and a lot of winches yeah. coming out, and you guys you know, powered right through that. So. Yeah, so that's that's a huge success for us. And then coming soon, uh, a sneak peek, I'm going to release it with you. Okay, I like it. Because I know you so well. <laughs> um, we are giving the AT3W, a very well-known tire, yeah. a facelift, and it's going to change to the AT4W. Okay. So we're going to improve the sidewall on it. Some very slight, slight tweaks because it's hard to take something great right. and make it greater. Sure. But we're going to do it. And then the MT in two years will get a facelift and we'll bring out the MT-02. Okay. So our, our whole truck line is going to be new uh, within yeah. two years. And one of the technologies that you guys have that's great for wheeling and you know being an enthusiast-focused brand is if you look around the bead of the tire, you've got those little cooling blocks that are molded into the tire around the bead 
for people that air down, obviously know, we, we know heat is the enemy of tires. Yes. And you guys have created a way for airflow to pull heat out of the tire, which I think is pretty novel and something that serves this community really well. No, wait, tell me where those beads are. Well, you can so see it. it's there, there's little squares see right the, down by the uh, see those square, the triangle squares area. there. Yeah, so I see them. Yep. It's just like having an air-cooled engine. Yep. So your motorcycle, your Volkswagen, anything like that. We've taken that technology and built it into a sidewall because when you air down, you're going to generate a ton of heat, and now you're going to be able to cool the sidewall and keep that that integrity in your sidewall when you do air down. Uh, so that's just one of the features. Our AT3W, one of the things that, that makes it so successful is our patented siping on it and the way that it interlocks and creates a biting edge in snow because it is Three Peak Mountain Snowflake rated. Another huge success in our tires. You know, it's just a blast working for this company. Falcon Tire is probably the easiest company you're ever going to work with. Um, we love talking to the public. We're out here giving away goodies, like you said. Yeah. We had a huge advertising push yesterday yeah. with 150 people walking around. And based on the weather, it's looking like we might have to fight. <laughs> oh, fight no, 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 please. That. Don't I, say I'm that. looking at that blue sky. hoping <laughs> yeah. it stays. It, it's a huge success, and we've got some other things I can't let out of the bag right now. All right, well, we'll um, come back. But we may be... When you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that before. We have done that before. <laughs> uh, we've got some stuff where we're going to step up and go into 4400 class. Awesome. Uh, and and some R compound stuff uh, that right. we're working on. So hopefully everything goes through and it's very successful. And we just continue to keep building on the Wild Peak family. So yeah. Very popular tire, especially the overlanding market and off-roading. And like I said, we've been on a bunch of trips together. So uh, congrats on uh, the success of the tire line. And I'm looking forward to doing a lot more cool stuff with you in the future. Yeah, way cool. And you know me. I always love working with you. Absolutely. Jay, not so much, though. Nope. 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 Just you want to hear my new podcast co-host? <laughs> well, Jay's a great sidekick. He does a great job to hold everything. <laughs> yeah, see you guys later. <laughs> That's like Robin the Batman, right? Oh, yeah, I start calling you Robin. I'm Robin the Batman. Yeah. You know, we're going to start getting emails from listeners. It's going to be, hey, Robin and Holman. It's going to be great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm not wearing the suit, though. <laughs> Come on. All right, Holman, we're in one of my favorite booths, Factor 55 and Warren, and so many good brands. What's happening? Factor 50. Yeah. <laughs> At Moab, when I saw you, yeah. I did not have a chance to see you demonstrate the FID. Ooh. Could you demonstrate the fit I for can. us? We're actually going to be doing what? What is this? So this is our fast fit. We released this like five years ago at SEMA. So it won a new product reward when we released this. So wire basket fits like this have existed for a long time, even in the marine industry. But what we did is we were able to we broke it apart into two pieces, so it became a patentable product, right? So now we offer this thing, so you can actually use this. And if you break your winch line, you can fix it on the trail. That so, rat or what? No kidding. Yeah, so if you have a broken rope, you just. Put this down, open the end of the wire basket, stick this right in the back end of this. That grabs onto the end of the rope. Once you measure the tail length for how deep you need to bury this, you just come through here, you push the fibers together, you stick the fid needle right through there. That starts to create the loop at the end of the line. Then you simply take this back around, open the fibers up again, stuff the needle down through the center, through the hollow core, and you simply bury the tail right down through the inside. You cheat that all the way down. As soon as you get the tail to come out, 
You take the fid needle off with the wire basket, slide that thing down, and you just put your rope right back Boom. together. Just braided oh. it. Boom! So here's the deal. Dang. That was horrible audio, yeah. but it was really cool in we, person. No, we need to share this video to our Instagram. So, so basically, it, it is like it looks like a pen with a ba uh, wire basket on the backside of it, and it comes apart, and you do all the things that Justin just said. It's a giant sewing needle, yeah, yes, with, with a Chinese finger toy at one end. Exactly. So you can make your own winch line extensions, your own soft shackles. You can do all that, repair, fix your rope if you're out in the trail in the backcountry, right? All right, uh, we need to have you come back because I want to do something on uh, like the ten things wrong that people do in recoveries, <laughs> right? No, no serious, awesome. yeah, yeah. dude, I'm serious. Yeah. Like because I've been working on some stuff yeah. and I'm like, I need I need Justin to uh, to help people out because I've seen some really wonky stuff lately. Oh yeah. Then I think I think yeah. it would be it. All right, uh, soft shackles. We've yep. talked about them before, but why? Are soft shackles awesome? And when do you not use a soft shackle? Oh, you know, that's a real, well, that's because a more Because people are starting to stack them. They're stacking metal shackles with soft shackles. Yeah, I think a lot of times what it really comes into is thinking about putting them around something sharp, but that's also what we have a new product release that's coming out here. Oh, nice. Oh, see, that, little, yeah. that was a nice segue right there. So this is actually going to be called the Ultra Guard. So we've been working with our rigging supplier to come up with this material for a long time. And what this is, it's actually woven Dyneema, yep. right, which is this yep. ultra high molecular weight polyethylene and uh, high dense polyester fiber. And so what this is, is this is actually going to be a tool to essentially be cut proof. So it's not, it's not like a Kevlar sleeve. It's not like a piece of cordura. You're just sliding over top of soft shackle. This is going to be an actual tool to add to any soft shackle that you have. And it, it kind of works like this, right? Take your knife out. You got this material right through here. You are a man of that, exquisite taste, my that's friend, amazing. because I also carry the Benchmade Crooked oh, River. Oh, see, look at look that. At that. Oh, yeah, they, <laughs> those are our nice Yours is slightly bigger than mine, Sean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I got the little guy. But so I you, also have the little guy, but not in wood. Oh, yeah, I, there you I, go. I, I reserve wood for the big one. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can see, right, just stabbing right through that. Like, dude, it's... No, 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 no. you weren't stabbing right through it. You were unable yeah, to stab through it, yeah. So it was a feeble attempt, my friend. Yeah, exactly. So does so. that allow you to use the soft shackle in places you otherwise wouldn't use it? So exactly. now you can totally replace your metal shackles. So when you're trying to get around something yeah. sharp or something that might be damaged, especially when it comes to like farm equipment or more importantly, when it comes to the industrial end for like the towing industry, sure. now all of a sudden, you know, when you think about the tow trucks, a lot of these guys that are recovering those vehicles, they only can get through the wheel, right? Right. And you're talking about a steel wheel with little circles, yep. and as soon as that starts to move, it's like a pizza cutter. It just cuts yep. right through everything yep. that they stick through there for rigging purposes, yep. and this will prevent any of that stuff from failing. It's amazing, and it's so light. You'd never know that this was cut-proof. I'm holding it in my hand. It's Here, what, uh, hold it over your heart. I'm going to pull out my Benchmade, <laughs> and we're going to just... Dude, if John Wayne Bobbitt had had this on <laughs> in like the early 90s, like... <laughs> Don't date yourself, man. Yeah, Go that's on. a really weird <laughs> reference. That was good, though. But he, was, knew, he knew, he knew. He knew. He did. Half people listening are shaking their head and being uh, cringy, <laughs> cringing right now. It was now. a little cringy. Yeah, All right, I'm not can gonna... we get you on the show soon? Absolutely. Will you, will you yep. come back? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I Scott... love being on the show the last time, man. I think you guys kill it. You guys kill it. Well, I appreciate oh, that. That's very, that's very good. We're going to do a segment because Holman is the, the, the consummate off-roader, and I'm the newbie, right? I'm the street guy, and I'm trying to outfit my truck to make sure I don't die when he ditches me in the desert. <laughs> so he's going to write a list of the 10 things that I Listen, need, and people like this me. Is, this, me. Is, yeah, this is wrong. The, he, the way he explained it to you and is wrong. I wouldn't ditch him. What I would do is I would go to a hilltop about half a mile away. I'd pull out my awesome binocular, and I would keep my eye on him and just see if he had what it takes. Right about the point where he dehydrates, shrivels up, and dies, I would come in with water. Like, 
I'm here to rescue you. That's right. Yeah, and then that way I Clouds, become the hero. Heart, yeah, absolutely. Lightning. Perfect. I, I am an Eagle Scout, well, but lightning. I don't. I don't think it would come in handy. It's been so long. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna have you back. Thanks for uh, hanging Thank out with us guys, for the uh, for a little bit Great here at you. the uh, expo. And, that's uh, awesome. We, we, should, we talked to Rob. We haven't seen Rob in a while. No, we're gonna come talk to Rob now. All right. We'll move over here to Rob, Rob Spencer. What's up, Rob? How's it going, guys? Good. Last time Rob was on, he was uh, doing marketing for uh, another aftermarket company. What are you doing now? Yeah, so basically You're I'm, busy all, all, I'm the all charity. I'm all charity. So from there, I kind of just retired and started a charity called Project Hill the Land. We work a lot direct with U.S. Forest Service, California Parks, especially in our local area down there in that Southern California hot pocket of like Big Bear and all that. And we do everything from tree planting to OHV staging area building to fence repair and putting up new fences. And uh, all doesn't sound like you're doing a good job at retirement. <laughs> that's actually <laughs> very, very true. busy guy. That's actually very true. All the way to like um, where we recently found our lane is in the education side of the stuff, which is rad. We just wrapped up probably uh, this was a couple months ago. We just wrapped up this very cool project where we took three classrooms of third graders, work with California Parks on hatching trout in the classroom getting them growing them to the appropriate age and releasing them in wow. a local lake down there and that Dude, that's was crazy fun. that was a lot of fun and then people eat them for dinner yeah. and then we didn't want to break those <laughs> little kids hearts by telling them you're releasing them <laughs> that guy across the lake is catching them it's the circle of life it's yeah. the circle of life <laughs> now, how do you scale this operation up so it reaches places like flagstaff and eastern so really you scale it up uh through education right so that's the big way to do it uh you work with Obviously, everything that is online is like critical mass when it comes to your reach. So you spend a lot of your time on social media. Uh, you you really like traditional. That's what we're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're doing nothing wrong, my guy. So, you know, like you look at your traditional websites and all that kind of stuff, and you have to have them, but they're more just like a landing pad for yeah. people. Everything really happens socially, yeah. you know. And then you come out to events like this, you meet, you greet, you build relationships, you build rapport. It's all about the the one-on-one -on -one kind of thing. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, good to see you uh, carrying on and doing good stuff. Nice seeing you guys. And I actually want to talk to you about what we talked about before with your new little venture. Yep. So, what am I at This sounds very secretive. I mean, I don't know. If, well, I guess you could always cut it, right? So, uh, the magazine. <laughs> yes. I want to. He's going to talk OVR. So, we're going to cut it here and let them talk OVR <laughs> for a minute. All right. <laughs> Thanks for sharing time with us. Yep. Uh, Holman, I have uh, wood in my pants right now because you know I'm a flashlight homer. Like This was the uh, most incredibly <laughs> awkward way to start an interview. I'm right, so excited right, to stop. stand in the I'm Surefire a, I know right in the studio now. I have a stop sign. I'm holding that up. Imagine <laughs> I'm holding that up. We're here with Andrew Wright, who's uh, from Surefire. And yep. Surefire is one of our favorite flashlight for ba by. brands for uh, basically huge in the gun industry, which is why I love them, but also here at Overland Expo because... Turns out that a flashlight for a tactical situation is also a really good flashlight for uh, overlanding and camping and all that. 100%, yeah. So we make a bunch of different illumination tools. For those not familiar, we've been I doing I love it. that, illumination tools. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, for those not familiar, we've been doing it over 40 years. All of our manufacturing uh, is in Fountain Valley, Cal California. That's including machining, assembly. We what? even do our own circuit boards in-house. So I'm in Huntington. i got to come by and see you guys in person. I can person. give you a full tour. I would absolutely. love that. Would yeah, love yeah. That. Well, then let's do an abbreviated interview because we love shop tours. Yeah, man. So long and the short, we just build really high-quality stuff. We don't necessarily build to a price point, but, you know, lifetime warranty, super durable. We do a lot of military and law enforcement stuff, so it's got to last. Um, what's been really popular, we have our brand-new Turbo Series flashlights. 
These are focused on being very narrow, far-reaching beam patterns. So they're candela heavy. There's kind of two measurements in the flashlight world. Sure. There's lumens and there's candela. Anyways, um, the, the two-cell version of this has 100,000 candela, so it reaches super far out there. For being such a compact light, it lets you see very, very far. And so, that's the uh, EDC2 DFT model? That's correct. DF meaning it's dual fuel. Okay. It runs on a rechargeable 18650 or two 123s. Nice. Um, that's been super popular. That's huge because, you know, it's a lot easier to find one or the other sometimes. Exactly. So, yeah, like regularly you can use the rechargeable to save yeah. batteries, but if you're in the field and you need to do a hot swap, you can throw in those those lithiums on a, a pinch. Perfect. What's a price point of something like that just to give people a ballpark? So about $300 for that one is, is a rough price point, and that's our MSRP. We do have a big dealer network that you might be able to find it for a little bit less. Right. But you can buy direct from us as well. And we do have to say, you, once you buy these, unless you lose it, it's going to last, It's go, it will outlast you. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we got customers that Which routinely... is a horrible business model, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's like Wilton Vices, right? You no, give everybody one and they no, don't need another. It's not because you get a guy like me who will buy several. That's right. You can never have enough flashlights. you got to put them That's everywhere. That's true because I lose them everywhere. That's right. Which bag did they put that flashlight in? Oh, I have 12 of them, so I'll always find one. So my new thing is headlamps. I have fallen in love with gold mines that yep. I'm trying to get to more and more. So now I've become like a headlamp connoisseur, which I see over yep. to our right. right. Hold on. Let's get through this flashlights oh. and then we'll go back to uh, okay. headlamps. <laughs> right, 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 right. So we have a bunch of different lights. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'd say for this market, the most popular, so those are our brand new lights with the Turbo Series, again, focused on reaching really far. Our Stiletto and Stiletto Pro are the most popular, like EDC, everyday carry lights. So most lights, the form factor is based off the battery, which is why they're round. Um, that is a lithium flat pack, which makes it basically as thin as a knife, and it's a lot more comfortable to carry, which means you're likely to carry it and have it when you need it. So it's a thousand lumens on high, there's a tail cap button on the back, there's also a, a bezel switch where you can go low, medium, and high, and it's rechargeable, which is pretty sweet. So that's a super popular EDC light, um, we do really well with that. Lastly, I'll mention our G2X, that's like been going forever. Um, this is what I keep in my truck, in One my, my pack. First nice flashlights ever was this flashlight. Yep. That's a great outdoors light. It comes in multiple colors. I like the yellow one because I don't lose it right. If you drop it, digging for, through a pack looking for it, if it's in the glove box, etc., it's easy to find. What is this made out of? Because at first it's I thought it was plastic. You can't have it. No, no. At so, first I thought it was plastic, and it's not. Is so it? it's it's a polymer tail cap and body, and the head is aluminum. So wow. it, it's it's both. And uh, it feels I, like it's ceramic coated. Is it? No, it's just the type of paint we use. That Cerakote's really? really thick. Okay. But the uh, for the head, that is. Um, this is dyed polymer, obviously, yep. but I like the polymer in the winter. It doesn't get as cold as aluminum, so it's nice. If you want to you know, bite down on it because you're using both hands to dig through a pack, uh, it's not as unpleasant as biting on aluminum, um, and it's relatively affordable. These MSRP at just under $100. You have two outputs, 15 lumens and 600 lumens, um, and it uses two 123s, which are, which are the lithium batteries. They have a really wide temperature operating range, so it's a great light to leave in your truck and use outdoors, and it's always gonna last. It's, it's a super bomb-proof light. You should have a light in every truck. Absolutely. And then, yeah, we have a couple headlamps. We have our Maximus and our Minimus. The Maximus is a, a, a rechargeable 1,000-lumen, super bright, crazy headlamp. This is kind of more towards um, people that do a lot of work on a regular basis, whether it's construction or whatever, that use it day in and day out and want to be able to recharge it. The Minimus is 1,123. Again, the benefits of that temperature op operating range are there, um, and it's 300 lumens, pretty lightweight, and super durable, bomb-proof headlamp. So. And what is this guy down here? So those this are our 2211 series. They're kind of a different take on hands-free illumination. So you wear it like a watch on your wrist. Can I take it off the stand? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. So you wear it on your, your wrist like a watch. Um, and the idea is it's hands-free light that you can have with you all the time. So as opposed to, you can't really, I mean, you can walk around on a daily basis with the headlamp on, but you'd look a little odd. 
this, you Lightning can have it. You would do it though. Yeah? You would do it. <laughs> you can have this with you all the time and you always have a hands-free light. This so. is just just a hair larger than your watch. We should re rename you Lighting. Uh, no, people send me email all the time. and No, that's lightning because they want you lighter. No, no, this no. is lighting. They send lighting at truckshowpodcast.com and it bounces back because they forget the second N. So don't do that. Uh, this is, I've never seen a, a light like this before. Yeah, it's man. just slightly larger than your watch, Holman, your Apple watch. Yep. And it's super duper light. What is this made out of? That's polymer. That's polymer. completely polymer, yep. What? Oh, that's really neat. Do you have a patent on this? Yep. Okay, yep, I figured. Yep. Yeah, you don't get to steal that one, sorry. I wasn't gonna steal, I just, this is so novel, I've never seen anything like it. That's a, a quick glance at, I mean, we have a bunch of different products, obviously, we yeah. do some, you know, weapon-related products on the military and law enforcement side, but yeah, that's a long and the short of our most so popular So we wanted to products. come down and visit you, and see the factory, no problem? Yeah, 100%, right. I'll give you and a tour. Where do, where do people go, uh, surefire.com, and then on social as well? That's right, so surefire.com is our website, and then surefire LLC on all the socials, whether it's YouTube or Instagram. Right on, appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for stopping by. Holman, thanks for letting me stop by. Anytime. So, Holman, we are standing in the Smart Cat booth, and I got to say, it's a big crowd, and we're going to muscle our way over here. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we tried to get these guys on the show in the past because they've got this these really awesome, basically truck canopies or, or shells, depending on which part of the country you live in. What do you want to call them? And uh, I, topper. I think topper. Was, that's you, another one. We got corrected. You, you, one you, of our listeners said it's topper in this region. It's it's a cap in this region. It's shell in Southern California. It, different everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Uh, here we are at Overland Expo. We've we found the guy who wants to talk to us. So, <laughs> what's your name and what do you do? Dan Malorie. I'm the vice president of the company. Oh well, this is, he seems pretty important then. All right. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> My wife doesn't seem to think so. <laughs> well, that's just you sign you sign that part of your life away when you get married. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there or yeah. are there. Let's talk about our size Mark Cap. Obviously, a uh, uh, company founded in South Africa. Correct. And you guys have uh, distribution here. I think the headquarters is now in Texas or we. we just uh, finished building a new 400,000 square foot oh, plant wow. in Fort Worth. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 100,000 square feet. I guess yes, business sir. is good. <laughs> well, not yet, but we hope so. Well, I've seen them all <laughs> over where, where we live. I mean, the, the Smart Cap seems to be one of the uh, you know toppers of choice. For and you're based a lot. out of uh, Southern California. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Apparently, distribution's picked up down there. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, I was driving, with a, uh, driving the other day, and a guy pulls up next to me. And uh, I've got a 392 GPU's and Gladiator. He's like, "Hey, nice Jeep." I'm like, "Hey, nice Gladiator." Goes, "Smart cat." Oh, I love this thing. So, <laughs> yep. true story. Really I love it. it. My yeah. neighbor on a Tacoma. I'm in Long Beach. Neighbor, two houses down, has got one. Right on. Yes. So, why are people buying this thing? Well, you know, in this marketplace, everybody wants a rooftop tent, right? Sure. And there's uh, kind of two ways to attach that to the back of a pickup truck. It's either with a an overlanding rack system, or it's with a cap. And now you're dealing with weight capacity issues. This is the only cap that's in the marketplace that'll handle 330 pounds uh, uh, dynamic, oh, wow. 770 pounds static. So you can put a fairly good sized tent and a couple of good sized pokes up there. Now, what is it made out of? What's the construction for those who aren't familiar with RSI? 409 stainless steel. So oh, the wow. Same type, same compound that's uh, used commonly in automotive exhaust systems, but it's also magnetic. So that gives you some, oh, some options better. for attachment of different accessories and whatnot. Sure, like my iPhone when I'm digging around in the wheel well for something. <laughs> there you go, exactly. We've got like 304 stainless, which is not magnetic, and Correct. 409, which is a is little bit. A little bit magnetic, yeah. yep. And so why the stainless steel as opposed to an aluminum? Well, so aluminum, tends to, in a, in a flex situation in off-roading, you can wind up with, with cracks at different weld points. And with this, the stainless steel and the modular construction, you avoid all that. 
And you've hidden the stainless so well, though. I mean, the coating, I, I assume these are powder coated or is that a Cerakote? No. What is it? No, that's a 2K automotive paint. Just paint? Yeah. Ba- Why paint. does it look so pretty? Because yeah, we're good at it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the modular construction because that's a big selling point for you guys and how you ship the, uh, you know, the, the shells and how they get topper. What uh, the 400 other words there are, uh, the device, um, it's how one of your marketing things, that's how you ship it, it's how you put together as a customer, it's how you size it quickly for other applications. Yep. So, I mean, it gives you a couple of different uh, uh, paths to market, right? You can go th- through distribution, through uh, uh, brick and mortar dealers, and they can do the assembly and installation for an owner. Or if you're a DIYer, you can have it shipped to your house and assemble it in your driveway, put it on. And what's assembly like? It's for three, four, five hours? Oh no 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 no! It's uh, uh, it has been running around the hour and a half mark uh, with the uh, uh, revised packaging design that's coming out of Texas. We a lot of a lot of the previous uh, assembly had to do with unpackaging the individual panels and disposing of the packaging material. We re-engineered just the packaging, so they're in individual slots. They come out a lot easier and saves you probably. 15, 20 minutes just in, in unboxing. And we've, we've got this uh, Tacoma here. What would a, t- this is a crew cap short box, typical weight of the the smart cap that you have on this particular truck? About 200 pounds. Okay. So that's less than I think most people. Uh, there's I feel like there's a, a misconception that stainless steel is much, much heavier than traditional, you know, uh, steel or Obviously, it's heavier than aluminum, but it's not as heavy as people think. And there's so many benefits to stainless. Yeah, and it's on par with fiberglass. So, you know, so traditionally, people are putting traditionally on fiberglass. The people that yeah. are putting on fiberglass, which also can are crack off with that weight, yep. and, and doesn't have the same weight carrying capability of the metal. Exactly. Now you've got all these um, cubbies, it, well, cubbies Storage. and configurations and armatures that fold out. Um, how are those? Uh, do I buy those separately? Can I buy those together? Like what? What's the buying process? And Again, if you're talking about a traditional fiberglass cap, you've got an array of options that you can order with it, but it's at the point of purchase. It's nothing that you can add after the fact. With this modular uh, design, each of those accessories can be added you know, when, whenever an end user decides that they either need it or can afford it or however their life has changed to, to uh, uh, require a different need. So when it comes to the to the different bins, there's what we call half and full bins, which are just kind of storage bins with molly plates on the back side that work on either the left or the right sides. For the left side, we've also got a drawer bin, which is, if you think of a typical tool chest with rolling drawers, those are incorporated into that. And then for the right side, we've got our kitchen bin, which is outfitted with all GSI uh, uh, camp gear. Very nice. Take me over to this really quick sure. here. How, how does this? Yeah, so see? basically we're looking at the side of a RSI smart cap. The side opens up. So if you imagine where the window would be, this is a weather uh, sealed door with struts. It opens up and it reveals a cabinet. And in the cabinet, you've got foam. I've seen them for guns and all sorts of fishing rods and different things like that, recovery gear. This particular one is, is outfitted with a kitchen. But what's neat about it is it has a folding drawer. Basically, instead of the drawer sliding out, it comes out on an armature and drops down. You put your stove or use it as a tabletop that it essentially folds, folds out of the of the uh, Two topper. folds, so it comes down parallel with the body, and then one more fold out, and that's where I put the stove. That is freaking brilliant. Well, and so the stove comes with it as well. So you oh, can, even better. You, of course you, it yeah, That's what these locking arms are for, is to keep, ah. the, keep the stove in place while you're traveling. Open up the arms, and then open up the lid of the stove. You can cook right here, or if you... If it's either it's perfect too, too tall of a position, or if uh, uh, if you don't want to cook alongside the the uh, 
the truck, you can take it out, put it on our stowaway table. That's also an option for the for the truck. So you can cook in, in either location. Fantastic. So the so other thing that this contains. Slide out, cutting board. Cutting board. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So if people want to uh, see the RSI Smart Cap in person, or they want to order, they want to learn more about it, where do they go? While we're out here at uh, Overland Expo, they come to uh, booth P44. Otherwise, they can go on to smartcap.com, learn all about it there. Or if they happen to be in the DFW area, they can swing on by 1501 Joel East Road <laughs> in Fort Worth and have a tour of the, uh, of the showroom there. Right after they go to the stockyards, have a really good steak. Oh, you know the place, right? I do know oh, the yes, place. Yeah, hotel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've been there. <laughs> the best thing about Texas is uh, the stockyards and Dr. Pepper. Uh, oh, Schreinerbach? Well, good too, but uh, this is a family-friendly show right oh, gotcha. now. Oh, gotcha. Dr. Yeah, Pepper, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah great. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much. Awesome. Have a good show. Thanks. Take Thank care, you. guys. Thanks so much. All right, uh, we are still wandering around Overland Expo West, and uh, we came across the most awesome Tacoma here. Uh, Quinn Poults from 74 Weld managed to do the impossible. He made a Tacoma cool. <laughs> well, I don't know that that's impossible. <laughs> there are some cool Tacomas out here, for sure. There are. Yeah, if you like Tacomas on 33s. Let's explain why it's the coolest Tacoma well, I, here. I can't because I have a conflict of interest on this oh. vehicle. Oh, so I'll do that. Okay, it's sitting on portal axles, front and rear. Well, there's that, but I think the big thing is like we've got a <clears throat> we've got a 23 Tacoma with stock suspension at stock ride height and 37s, and we're able to do that because we now have a portal axle kit for this vehicle. What, what? What? So Quinn, tell me, <laughs> portals are noisy. They require a whole bunch of oil. They heat up off-road and they're not durable at all. Is this all correct? And they slow my truck down because of the gearing. That is not correct. Okay, so let's pick apart some of that. Noisy. <laughs> so we drove a 392 out here on portals yep. and we put new Milestar XT tires because I wanted more of an all-terrain and you hear zero gear noise out of those things at all. Well, how's that um, possible? Well, so gear noise is a function of contact ratio, and if you get that number to a certain contact ratio that we want, then you don't get noise out of them. So you can make straight cut gears run quiet, but also because they're not spinning that fast. So on the highway, the gear set's actually spinning at three, 400 RPM. It's not like it's 6,000 RPM. Yes, it'll whine at 6,000. It's not gonna make noise at 400. Gotcha, okay, and what about heat? So we stopped at, where Where did we stop? We stopped uh, at Goff's. At Goff's, oh, Goff's right. in Mojave Desert. So we stopped at Goff's and hit a gas station there and you could walk out and put your hand on the portal and it was, it was warm to hot. But you're not like, it's like if you go up to a differential and stick your hand on it, your skin sticks to the diff because it's 300 degrees. So we've gotten them up to 175 and on race cars we will hit about 190. But so heat's not really an issue. And it's not like they're filled with tons of oil. You've got 10 ounces of oil in them. And even still, the oil is not going to oxidize until you hit way in the twos and low threes. Yeah. You're not even close to that. We don't even hit 200. So not an issue there. All right. So what about... Uh gear ratio because I have not geared my Tacoma yet and I want 37s with your portal <laughs> but I don't want to have to gear it and put portals on it's just not fair so the way we do the gearing stuff is on a Tacoma it comes with a 30 inch tire a 20% larger tire is a 36 and a half inch tire so we run a 1.22 reduction in the portal 
just to account for a larger tire. So I still have stock gearing in this thing and the transmission's not hunting gears because it's, it still thinks that it's stock. All right, what about the horrible durability that I'm going to uh, <laughs> endure by putting a set of portals on my Tacoma? Sure, so the gears that are in the Tacoma portal are the same gear set, same bearing package that we run on the Jeep stuff with V8s and 40s. And what I tell people is, as far as the housings go, lifetime warranty, I don't care if you bought it from somebody who bought it from somebody who bought it from somebody. Lifetime warranty on all the housings. Gears, I'll give the same gear warranty that every gear manufacturer gives, which is lifetime as long as it's in the box, but once you install it on the vehicle, <laughs> you're kind of on your own. But with that said, we've yet to break a single gear set, knock on wood, on any of the Jeep stuff, and we've got guys running real horsepower and big tires. So on these portals, what is shared with, or what lessons are learned from racing? Because these have survived trophy trucks, ultra four cars, and you're using basically the same technology. What transferred from the race program in terms of durability that a customer would expect on the, uh, on the consumer side? Yeah, so everything we do, we try to test and race first. And so the gear set that's in this is the same tooth profile and it's just 10% smaller um, than the stuff that we run in thousand horsepower trophy trucks and in all the Ultra 4s. It's the same bearing package as the Ultra 4 on the idlers and then the upper bearing package on both the Jeep and Tacoma hopefully none of the racers are listening is actually <laughs> a better bearing package than on the trophy truck Oh really? Stuff. Yeah, it is. All right, so why does someone want this? What ground clearance advantage do they get? It's the five-gallon bucket test, man. You get to drive <laughs> over a five-gallon bucket at the lower A-arm, out at the wheel, and then obviously and on the a- the rear diff, we have right. autos. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, rear axle, you put a portal on it, everybody knows what it looks like, but the front so, is the trip. Can I, can I tell what happened here? You can't talk about it, Holman, because it's conflict of interest. I can't, no, I can talk about it. So here's the deal. I work Hol for myself. So, so. <laughs> Holman, with this new spun-up co uh, company, uh, Used for Adventure, is helping out 74 Weld and Quinn here get to uh, a larger market beyond just racers, things like that. And so there was a little meetup in the desert at Goff's, and as you know, Holman is, I don't know, you sit on the board of directors or something yes. out of Goff's. So we met out there, and we did a little uh, photo shoot, and I took the advantage while you guys were shooting photos and I was getting in the in the way of Holman's camera. I Constantly. I hooked up a little Banks pedal. I hooked up Banks pedal monster in here because yeah. I thought this truck's gonna get a lot of play. Like this is a badass truck. I wanna be part of it. You know, I'm being selfish. I'm like, I want Banks to be part of it. So I put in there and you and I took it around Goffs and we probably went a little too fast for their <laughs> little community because it's a lot some old people that live out there that maintain the property. And dude, it rides so good. Yeah, yeah. So I mean what I kind of tell people is they always ask, well, how's the ride? And I go, well, how does a factory truck ride? Like it rides real similar to that because really the big change is you have more weight on the portal from that portal. So the this front portal all loaded is 56 pounds. So you have a little more sprung weight there. You also have, you know, a bigger tire. So, you know, okay, you've got a little bit of weight there, but other than that, like, You've got the same amount of up and down travel. Again, stock suspension. Yeah. And and really, like what I think on all the products that we're trying to do is the OE has spent millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars developing the suspension. It's not going to ride better when you lift it. There's a better way to lift it and just bolt on a portal. What does a system like this set back a Tacoma owner? 
Yeah, so the kit is four portals. It converts your rear to disc brake, and then it also converts the rear to a full float axle. Now let's not gloss over that. I know we're about to get to the price, yeah. but you take Tundra, currently with the kit, right? You take Tundra front calipers? No, so I take, no. so the, the kit comes with a Forerunner front rotor and caliper. Ah, Forerunner. And then we move your existing front setup to the back, and then we give you a parking brake with that. It's a Willwood mechanical parking brake. Nice. That whole kit is 20 grand. Is there a way to scale that back if I don't do the pretty billet, or are they all billet? No, we just do the billet stuff. Okay. We might look at forgings down the road, but for now, because we make everything in-house, we like to control it, and we're gonna stick with the 7075 aluminum uprights and stay that route. And think about it, you're not re-gearing, you're getting disc brakes in the rear, you're getting a full float axle. Not changing getting, shocks, or not changing and, springs. And you're getting a lift out of it while keeping the stock suspension if you want, or you can lift it a little bit higher and you can put some racing suspension on it. So lots of options there, but before people kind of choke on the price, start adding up what all of that is. You start realizing you're covering a lot of bases with one purchase. And you know, I see a lot of Tacomas here that there's 50, 60, $70,000 in the builds, literally on some of the vehicles around us. And you start realizing this market, there's absolutely a market for these portals. And uh, I will say that, you know, uh, we're planning on getting this thing out off-roading. It's not just a show queen and go do some overlanding with it so people can see how durable and how awesome these portals are, you know, when in use. Guys are going to just salivate over the ground clearance. Yeah. It's seriously sick. He takes a, one of those bright orange uh, Home Depot buckets and just, just drives Sorry, over it like it's right not over even there. Yeah. 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 Just flexes like, yeah, what's up? So make sure you guys <laughs> head over to at 74weld on Instagram. You can see videos and photos of it or check out the website 74weld.com. And uh, if you guys have any questions, uh, just send them my way. I'll, I'll be sure to pass them on to Quinn or answer them. <laughs> do I get a commission on any of no. this? No. <laughs> And if you do, one percent off twenty grand ain't bad. I, I want half of your one percent. Uh, Working the angles, I see it. Working the angles. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. So, as uh, many of you may know, I was fortunate enough to have the uh, Adventure Jeep in AV's booth, and it shared uh, booth space with one of my favorite vehicles to come out of AV in recent memory. Well, outside of my own, and that's the uh, PXL regular cab tray bed and it is red with uh, 392 bronze wheels just like my jeep so they look really good together i got a bunch of pictures uh, i'm with matt felderman from av so you let me drive this thing in moab and i was blown away at how tight it is how well it rode and just the capability yeah i mean these trucks are really incredible so the prospector xl tray bed for anyone that doesn't know very limited production run standard cab long bed truck to start with and then we put on a really nice lightweight aluminum uh, bed and this thing's just a beast 41 inch tires onboard air winch all the lights you want i mean this thing's awesome so this isn't just a concept that you guys built for aav for the show you guys are actually going to do a very small production run and only your best dealers have allocation so what does something like this cost, and then where could somebody find it if they are interested in pretty much the ultimate ranch truck, the, the, the best thing ever made? I mean, these things are, it looks like a giant Hot Wheel. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the road presence on these things is unreal. Um, in terms of cost, it really does depend on how expensive the truck is that we start with. The one that we have here in our booth, it comes in about 115000 So I'd say a reasonable range would be maybe 95000 to one twenty. And as far as getting one, yeah, we are only making 10. 
most are spoken for, but there are a few dealers that will have some available. So there will be very few out there on the market, but there will be some. Uh, I, I love that you guys did this in red. You never see a chassis cab in red. It's usually white or black or granite, crystal metallic or something like that. This thing in red with the bronze wheels, it just makes it even more visible and more present. And uh, like I said, driving it, I was in, uh, blown away. I, I guess I ne- it never ceases to amaze me when you put the uh, the 8100s on any of your PXL builds. The ride quality on and off-road is is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, for sure. Bill Stein did a phenomenal job um, working with us on this shock package. And you're absolutely right. As utilitarian as this truck looks visually inside you wouldn't know it you know it it drives like a stock truck big screen all the tech yeah all the tech super comfortable and extremely capable this thing if you can fit on the trail it's basically point and shoot yeah i mean it it, my jeep is on 37s with the uh, two and a half inch dual sport kit and this thing makes my jeep look like it is stock from the factory i mean it's it's really weird how it could be parked next to one thing and you're like oh it looks big in the parking lot and then you park it next to a pxl and you're like oh wait no it's like it's tiny the proportions of this truck are perfect yeah they're perfect and as big as it is it has the right size wheel the right size tire the right stance and yeah we kept the center of gravity low as as you mentioned three inches of lift but all the flotation of a big 41 inch tire so you get the best of both worlds so let's talk about the tray bed for a second so yeah. this is a, a bed that started out as commercially available that you guys did a basically a collab with and upgraded some parts to make it up to the aev standard yeah it's manufactured by a company based out of australia and yeah it's in their market it's really like a universal slash commercial application but for our needs we love the design of it we you know love obviously the shape is right we actually take the raw tray bed that you know is shipped to us, and then we do our own coating on it to kind of give it that dark uh, granite look. Yeah, the tricky part as far as putting this truck together is adapting that bed to the truck so everything looks right. And again, include... Australia doesn't have a Ram HD chassis cab, right? Right, and in Australia, you're also not putting 41 inch tires yeah. on your daily driver, so there was a lot of nuances to figure out and a lot of it we learned with fourth generation rams because we did a similar truck and this is really just the evolution of it all right when is this truck going to be available for media loans in the west coast for journalists named sean p holman we can make that happen anytime all right because uh well be careful because it might sit in my driveway and you may not get it back because i literally am in love with this truck well, word on the street is that you need a loaner car right now. <laughs> uh, too soon, too soon. Well, good, good news for you. It wasn't any AEV parts that uh, were affected. Drive shafts happen, so, you know, all is good. Thanks, Matt. All right, I'm standing here with uh, the one and only Ryan Flanders from Bill Stein. I'm in the Bill Stein booth. And, Ryan, I have one question for you that I'm hoping you can answer. What is up with 6112s at this show? Uh, I think the market has finally caught on to uh, what the 6112 offers. So let's talk about what is the 6112? Because I have been standing in the Bilstein booth for days now, and it seems like five out of every six people come up and say something regarding or needing the 6112. Uh, The 6112, 60-millimeter body, that larger piston, uh, all that extra fluid, it... um, it, uh, 
not only offers the performance, but it offers a great ride on the road. So you sacrifice absolutely nothing by going with the upgrade, and you have uh, an increased, uh, drastically increased amount of performance. A lot more control while you still have compliance. I like the 6112 a lot. I've driven them on 4Runners, on Tacomas. It's a great, great coilover setup. You guys have a ton of different positions. So I think on your typical Toyota, somewhere between zero and like two and a half, maybe a little bit more of height that you can get out of the front. And then you normally pair them with what, a 5160 reservoir in the rear? Correct. 5160 in the rear. That way you have the same amount of fluid front and rear. And that way you're not going to overheat a set of shocks in the and, uh, you know, you're going to stay on that road a lot longer. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. So basically, if I am a daily driver, we can worry, but I like to push it. Yeah. And maybe I'm not quite up to the the racing super fast all the time pre-running that you might take from an 8100 or 8112. The 6112 is sort of the sweet spot. Yes, it is. It's still got vulcanized rubber bushing, so you're not going to get any of that uh, heim joint feel on the road. Your wife isn't going to know that uh, you've... Uh, you haven't broken the bank on them. You haven't, uh, you know, it's just got a, got a plush ride, and yet you can still get out there and run with the best of them. And, and level it out if you want to and fit a bigger tire. So what would a full set 6112s in the front and 5160s cost for, let's say, a Tacoma owner? I'd say you're going to be around $1,250, $1,300 all in. All in for all really in. good shocks. For really good shocks. You're going to have to do the work yourself, but you're going to be all in around that. All right, but any uh, 4x4 shop could swap them out if I d- didn't have a spring compressor tool and all that. Cause you guys include the springs as well with the setup. Yes, we do. For the fronts. For the fronts, you're going to reuse your top hat, and uh, that's going to save you a little bit. And so uh, good quality products from Toyota, we're going we're gonna to reuse that. And then uh, you just get that uh, top hat swapped across, and uh, any good name brand shop is going to be able to take care of that for you. All right. Well, thank you uh, for giving us the, uh, the the magic, the secret behind the 6112, because it seems like everybody, it's like, a, is this a speakeasy? Is this the code word for the the, uh, the Bill Stein booth is you whisper 6112 and like a door opens up under the easy up and you get to go to like some, you know, really good drinking room or something? It is. You know, you just, you just come on into the fold once you say 6112. All right. You guys heard it. 6112. That's the secret word. All right. Uh, I'm standing here. With my hero, Jesse from Summit 4x4 and uh, Marco Hernandez. And uh, we were just, uh, Marco, tell the story of when you first met Jesse. When I met Jesse for the first time, it was really fun. My drone hit his Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Jesse, did you pull out your 9mm because you thought you were under fire? You know, I didn't have time to react, right? <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm driving, I just watched this thing, I'm looking, it's getting closer, it gets closer, it gets, and then I just flinch and wham, right in the side of the Jeep, man. <laughs> Into pieces it goes. But we're also friends, it's the beards, right, that keep us together? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right, uh, explain to everybody what happened yesterday, because uh, you were my hero, and I have a tear in my eye for you. Oh, you're amazing, dude. Nothing. We're heading back to camp. Saw you hanging out and asked you what you were doing. And uh, you kind of gave the story what was going on with the rig and just wanted to come along and help out a good buddy. So help pull that front drive shaft out and get you back on the road. So I was, I was walking back and Jesse's coming. He said, what are, you, what are you doing? I go, I'm headed to the parking lot to remove my front drive shaft. He goes, I'll do it. I'm like, are you insane? No. And he goes, no, come on, let's go. So we got that done. So thank you. I can get home now. So to take it to the dealer and see what happens. Uh, Apparently, uh, Jesse helps me with my mechanical bits, and uh, Marco helps me with my hungry bits. <laughs> Absolutely. What did you cook this weekend? Uh, you, you had to be somewhere cooking, right? Okay. Yeah. I cook uh, 
chipotle sauce shrimp tacos. Oh, I've had your chipotle uh, shrimp tacos. Those yeah. are delicious. Yeah. You guys are in, you have a new store, right? So now you're in Prescott and Phoenix? Uh, Prescott Valley. Yep, we got a new store in Prescott Valley. We've got a couple guys out there, and uh, we're also doing our off-road auto sales out there as well right off of 69. All right, well, if you guys are uh, in Arizona and you're looking for a really, really good 4x4 shop, some of 4x4, these guys are awesome. I've had a chance to wheel with the team. Uh, they've been our basically our support vehicle and our support mechanics on a couple runs that I've been on. And uh, Jesse owner couldn't be a nicer guy to uh, to help me out. So uh, repay the favor for all you Arizona guys. If you need stuff done to your 4x4, go check out Summit. So, awesome. Thank you, dude. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. And Marco, I can't wait to eat your tacos. Absolutely, man. Let's go for it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's the end of the show. Everybody's starting to pack up, and I I walk by, and I see black and yellow, and I went, oh, I haven't been there in a while. And then I smelled the delicious food that Alan at KC (laughs) was cooking, and I was like, oh, that's... uh that smells delicious. And then he said, do you want some? And I said, no, I'm already fat. So let's just talk about lights. <laughs> what's up, dude? How are you, Sean? I'm good. So uh, what's uh, what's new in the KC world? We haven't had you guys on in a while. And you guys had a killer party last night in this killer booth in the middle of the stables, like dead center on the show, bullseye. How was the show for you? What, uh, what do you want to talk about? Good, man. I mean, I think shows like this, like, it's easy to kind of focus on the, the monetary, maybe, like, returns. But... I think uh, why we come out here is like we get two, two, a lot of the team together from LA and uh, Williams. So we get to come out here, hang out, cook. I mean, we're cooking out of Nate's uh, Land Cruiser right now. But the last couple of nights, we, we cook some meat, smoke some meats. By the way, uh, 80 series, which is the best Land Cruiser ever. Plug to Nate. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, we've just been cooking, hanging out. And, you know, if we sell some product, great. If we don't, we have some great conversations, you know, with you guys, um, Center Force, with Blair. Yeah, Blair, Blair would be on the podcast right now talking, but he's actually eating right now your, your burrito or your, uh, your taco. Actually, when you came, I almost choked on my taco. <laughs> that, was, that was the best timing ever. I'm like, oh, great. I killed Alan from KC, death by uh, ta- overlanding food. But it's great. You know, this year, as you can see, we brought out a bunch of vintage vehicles. Yeah. Um, Try something a little bit different. That uh, Ford Crew Cab is awesome. Was that like a 65-ish? Something I, like that? I don't know what year it is. Oh, but, my God. That thing's um, amazing. I mean, I know how much work it takes because on the 69 Wagoneer that we have, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of work. It's a lot I of mean, work. And it's like almost every time we go get out, something needs to be, you know, maintained. But no, it's been good. I mean, we, we get out here, we, we see people we haven't seen in a while, you know, like catch up. It's all about relationships, you know. This is definitely a relationship-based industry. So if you are a, uh, a burgeoning overlander, uh, or an off-roader and you're looking for a set of lights, what, where would you direct somebody? They want a simple light setup and they want some flexibility in how they build it out. What's the product line that you offer? What's the light I should be, we should be talking about? You know, honestly, before we were talking about that, it would be like, go out, drive with whatever you have. Yeah. And then, because, you know, a lot of people, they do buy lights for, for looks, you know? Yeah. It makes you feel something, you know? Yeah. But what I've found is usually you should go out and test what you have and know what you're missing out on and what yeah. you need because then when you add it you actually realize increase something yeah yeah you actually realize what you know what what you've been missing and what you actually need so yeah, for sure i would say that it's like real world testing which is what you do a lot of like, yeah i do I, yeah take, let's go train educate yep. if you don't know what you need like you know it's fine you know buy it for looks and, and not all lights even within the same manufacturer create equal some are spot patterns some are a, a pencil some are wide yep. some are flood you know all all the different ways and some are hybrids some mix the best of all of those or yep. with some of your series you can build them against each other and mix and match to put the light pattern that you need for your 4x4 exactly there's a lot of flexibility now with a lot of lighting manufacturers you know are producing really really good quality lighting that's very flexible you can change out stuff a lot of our stuff you can change the beam patterns change the bezel rings you know for color so but you know it's it's just coming out and seeing people you know this show so 
We love it. We got the Back to the Future truck, of course. Yeah, everybody's got to do that. With our Overland spin on it. I love is, it. Uh, the, the sleeping bags and the, the pillows in the back, you know? Taking B- Biff's truck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's been pretty cool. Uh, the Chevy Blazer. Uh, we got Dang Brother Pizza out here, you know? We tried to roll up. Dude, I saw the pizzas that were coming out of that thing, the pizza oven on like a Ford Courier pickup bed. Yeah. Oh my, I was on the other side of the fence. I was separated by a freaking fence, and I'm just salivating over the pizza, and I'm like, I don't know how to get it on the other side of the fence. And now today I'm in here, I go, oh, there's a gate right there. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, I guess I was so hungry, I was blinded by my hunger in uh, yeah. the pizza what aroma. You smelling because you, I know you, you're attracted to meat like I, I, I am. I am. <laughs> uh, they were putting tomahawk, tomahawk steak on the on the pizzas last night. So okay, so I don't know if I can tell this yet. I have a friend who is creating a a cooking device for tomahawk steaks. I'll just leave it at that. Okay, it's amazing. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I, you're going to be the first person when it, it's supposed to be launching soon. You are going to be all about it. I'm Promise very, you. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I love cooking meat. So. Oh, dude. But you know, like feeding people out here, it's been great. You know, over over meat, we bond over <laughs> yeah. bond over bond over meat, and we talk about all sorts of stuff. You, you know? almost forget about the lights, right? You just uh, end up hanging lights, out with your friends. Forget about the trade show. This perimeter that we have is is really meant to just you walk in, and it's like we rolled up to camp. Yeah, you know that's how the vehicles are parked. Sure. And then Shimano, of course, you know, doing all the electric bike demos and talking shop with like you know people who are you know experts to beginners. So sure. it's been cool. I mean, the weather's been kind of crazy. Yeah, we, we had a del- literally a thunder and lightning del- a couple days ago and then yeah, it rained a little bit yesterday it was spitting on us today but i think overall pretty pretty good turnout and yeah, i mean considering you know the weather and all that um you know roll with the punches you know that's our that's our tagline defy limits adventure further these guys actually got out and laid out this mulch which to most people it just seems like it was there but yeah the team went to home depot yeah bought a bunch of mulch laid it out to kind of make sure it's not muddy yeah that way you we don't have the lake a water feature a little lake here <laughs> i can see the remnants of it rugged radios powered the ducks for us so <laughs> no it's it's been a trip dude and you just kind of roll with the punches it's like life right so yep it's been a, it's been a good show you know it's good to get out connect with people um and just just experience life you know live in the present you know that's that's the biggest thing for me is just getting out and and you know i call it desert therapy just get out and reset right and reset and it's great but sometimes you uh you get to camp late and you need some uh some flex era lights so let's talk about those right now flex era is kind of on its like second year yeah you know they're they're fairly new they're very high powered so that's that's really the main and compact um, compact uh but still has the the aesthetic flair, you know, that Casey's been known for the last, you know, five, five, six years. So we continue to build out the line. We've got the Flexera 3, which is a smaller light for a ditch, fog, front bumper. We've got the Flexera 4, which is a little bit larger light, you know, uh, for larger vehicles or on the front bumper. And so the number basically designates how many LED uh, pots there are in it, so how many light beams? We we kind of go off inches-ish, okay. but yeah, actually it does, like three, the triangle, which sure. is a different look. It's not for everybody, you know. But they, it has shrouds for, like, square and round holes, which is cool. Flexera 4, a little bit lighter, uh, bigger light, um, 80 watt, you know, versus the the 40 the forty watt. But, yeah, people love being able to change the bezel ring. Yeah, um, kind of the anodized look, yeah. yeah. Amber covers. We've got all sorts of yeah, for dust changeable and things, stuff. Yeah. So, but, you know, we've, we've got the Flexera 1, which is great for, like, small, compact areas. Yeah. Top of roof racks, rear chase lights, even pillars. Lighting up my scottles while I'm cooking my ribeye. Um, and, you know, we're converting the, the Flexera 1 now. comes in a master kit. Okay. So you don't have to buy, the be- like, one beam pattern. Yeah. It comes with everything. So That's you awesome. just swap it yourself. So so um, you can make a mistake buying the light and fix it right there and not have to buy anything exactly. else to the master yeah, kit. Yeah, or, or if you change your mind. You yeah. know, you run the spot but you want to run the spread later or maybe you put the fours on where the ones or you know the uh, the ones are then you can change them and swap out the beam pattern keep those lights relevant on your rig exactly and then you know uh very shortly here we'll be launching um the bar in the 
in the in the FlexR family. Oh, so we're awesome. excited about that. Cool. Um, the Flex always used to link, so yeah. that's something to look out for. So we'll have that and some pretty cool gravity stuff coming out, you know, also later in the year and early next year. So awesome. hope to be able to talk to you guys about that. Let, let me know. We'd love to have you guys back on the podcast. Come down to the pod shed. We could all hang it's air conditioned now. Is yeah. It's an AC fix. The eight, I, I added a mini split. I, I bought okay, a, I bought a ten by twelve tough shed and we built a podcast studio in the tough shed and we've got AC, we have a Dr. Pepper and beer fridge. Okay, so I'll bring meat. Okay. We can either I, smoke it my or barbecue we'll is right outside the door. We can do it. Let's do it, dude. All right. Let's do it. Over meat. Bond over meat. All right. Just remember, kids, uh, lights before lockers. <laughs> yes, sir, dude. Thank you. Now, Holman, did we ever get a chance to go to the Tacoma unveiling at Overland Expo? Because it was rained out the first day. What? I can't hear you as I'm walking <laughs> through puddles. All right, it's time to do some uh, truck news. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! That was solid. That was yeah, really that was, good. Was yeah, good. yeah, thank you for that. So, uh, speaking of the uh, the new Tacoma, I think everybody... No, I've not heard. Interesting. I Thanks for asking, Holman. That's funny. I haven't asked you that question yet. I, I know, but I figured you're going to blow past it. I, you didn't even give me a chance. I'll try it. Now I am going to blow past no, it. No, no, no. Really do it, though. Anyway, everybody has been... Uh, Come on! I'm trying to do a news segment, Lightning. Have I heard? I don't know. Have you? No, wait. No. Okay. <laughs> So at Overland Expo, Toyota had uh, finally, after uh, teasing us for what seems like years, one photo at a time, had released the entire 2024 Toyota Tacoma uh, lineup. And uh, I think it'll be pretty successful. Um, there's there's a lot to like about it. It's it, all anyone was talking about, dude. I mean, they talk about... I was talking to John P. at Toyo, yep. right? Our friend John. And I said, why is the entire internet today in the last couple of days talking about the Toyota Tacoma launch? And he says, timing. They're just brilliant at timing. They just dropped it like a bomb on everyone. I don't know. It's like it was a really well executed uh, nah, release. I don't know if I if I agree with that fully. I think that, yeah, the timing's good, but Ranger was right before it. Uh, there's going to be some more stuff in the coming weeks, such as the official announcement for the future uh, AV Bison version of the Colorado and Canyon, which are confirmed to have 35-inch tires from the factory. I went over to the GM booth. Mm-hmm. I know we're not talking about GM in the segment, but my God, the AEV You see the heavy duties on 35? Yes. yes. And by the way, those parts are not AV licensed. AEV makes them. The bumpers and all that, the integrated winch, that was they, all done from AEV I, in-house. So I get it. But boy, do they look like they came off the production line. They yep. are freaking awesome. All right. We got to. We'll, 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 we'll circle get back, back to this. To this okay. All right, all right. All right. So uh, the 2024 Tacoma is available in eight trims. So you get the uh, the SR, the SR5, the TRD Pre-Runner, the TRD Sport, the TRD Off-Road, the Limited, the TRD Pro, and the Trail Hunter. Uh, some of those are carryover from the previous model. Some are new, such as the Limited and Trail Hunter, which I've always thought that you could have an upscale midsize pickup truck. The Canyon had a Denali, but it didn't really, it was just like more chrome and stuff like that. Not necessarily more sound deadening, nothing to really make it feel more luxurious. Holman, the list that you gave just yes. a moment ago, was that the list in order yes. of cost? Okay. Yes. Okay. That That is the trim walk from okay. lowest to highest. Thank you. So uh, you'll be able to get it as a crew cab with a five or six foot bed. 
Uh, and then there's a weird extra cab configuration that's like an old school. It is a two-seat, no rear doors extended cab. They just have a parcel shelf. So Toyota looked at it and went, well, most people who buy it are doing 50% are doing the rear seat delete, so they're not carrying people. So let's just make a parcel shelf with like lockable storage. We can hide things out of the way and we'll make the front seat fold down flat so it's its own surface and it basically just becomes a you know two-person hmm. vehicle. So think of it as a regular cab, I guess, with space or an old school super cab or extended cab. Um, That's kind of cool, actually. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, they said, why put all the effort into rear doors if people don't have to climb back there? So hmm. I, I guess I could see that. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's, it, that's kind of a, I, I think it's refreshing to see, although the proportions are, are a little wonky compared to the crew cab. It kind of looks sort of, sort of tall and it won't be available on every trim and you can't get the, uh, the manual with it. What did I say? Uh, manual? Yep. Yes. You will be able to get the manual transmission on the non-hybrid version. So, um, there is a pair of new powertrains, both based on the 2.4 liter four cylinder turbo, the, uh, 2.4 Four-cylinder makes 278 horsepower and 317 pound-feet on the SR5 and above, but the base model is actually detuned to 228, 243. The hybrid version, which adds a 1.87 kilowatt-hour battery, which is pretty small, and a trans-mounted uh, motor, that will make uh, with the, uh, the hybrid and the ice together a total of 326 horsepower and a whopping 465 pound-feet of torque. Yes. That's yeah. that's gonna yeah. that that bad boy's gonna move. So some of the things that Toyota talked about was the ability to climb, you know, grades such as an eight percent grade without having to uh, to downshift uh, on the hybrid models. Towing capacity is sixty five hundred pounds on uh, the SR five and TRD pre runner with the gas only, and then the payload's a lot better uh, than it used to be seventeen hundred and nine pounds. That's pretty so stout. That's a, a little more than Chevy, a little less than Ranger. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it's Toyota. They're they're pretty good at being in the middle. And then the uh, the Trail Hunter <laughs> and the... Pretty good at well, being in are. the middle, yeah. I mean, that's huh. they, they don't play the spec. I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, they don't play the spec war on paper with everybody. They kind of put what they think their customers want, and they go with it, and they're fine with that. Uh, Trail Hunter, TRD Pro are the Halos. Trail Hunter is kind of... Goofy to me. It has an ARB rear bumper with tow hooks, which is really cool. And it has a goofy bed rack that has like a Molly style panel and one of those flat rack style, uh, you know, roof tray cargo carriers. Uh, it has a snorkel and some lights. Uh, and it, then it has a uh, an old man emu uh, shock and suspension system. So it's pretty, you know, modified from the factory, but it's still kind of. It just looks weird. And they went with a 33 on an 18. So the sidewalls look kind of small to me for mm. something that's uh, made to go uh, to go off-road. And then the TRD Pro, I actually think it looks pretty rad. Um, obviously, in one place, you got the Trail Hunter, which you know has uh, steel skid plates. It's got rock rails, got more protection, all that kind of stuff. But the Pro is more like uh, go fast, less like rock crawly and things like that. They have a multi-link coil sprung suspension. They also have a two and a half inch uh, uh, shock, but instead of a old man emo, these are the Fox IBPs that you are pretty used to seeing on the TRD Pro lineup. Uh, and then it moves to uh, aluminum uh, protection. But one of the things I didn't like about it is the ARB rear bumper is awfully thin. Like it felt really thin. 
Um, when you look at the AEV stuff that they're stamping with that hot stamp boron steel, it's similar in, in the thickness, except it's five times the strength. So it, it's, I'm not going to say it's flimsy or anything like that, but I wonder how much abuse it could take from a hit. Uh, cause it just, w- but, uh, so we talked about a couple episodes ago when I stood under a tundra and I was stunned by just how, again, not calling it flimsy, but it just looked quote unquote lightweight. It just looked thin everywhere like they just thrifted where they could i mean i'm I'm, they obviously they have to make stuff for production and they're trying to meet a price point it's cool that they're embracing the aftermarket but anyway it's just the the other thing for me is they have these great av red tow hooks in the back but on the front it uses a like frame mounted loop that Mm. is way under down by the cross member so, like, if you're stuck in mud or sand, you have to dig out the entire truck to get back to the tow point. I wonder why they did that. Really, it, they've always done that. But oh. I don't know why they didn't incorporate tow hooks on the top of the frame horns rather than the rear, the front cross member toward the axle down deep below like that. Because it's hmm. going to be hard for somebody to pull you out forward. So, that was one of those things where I'm like, eh, I think they could have done something a little bit better. Then. So, the TRD Pro, would you consider that the Goverlanding and then the Trail yeah. Hunter is the Sloverlanding? No, I wouldn't say it's slow. I would say it's overlanding. I don't think there's any Sloverlanding here. Okay. Um, I would say that the uh, TRD Pro is pretty cool. It has those crazy looking front seats that they call ISO dynamic performance seats. We um, saw people talking about these a lot. Do the, the big question that everyone had is, do they work? Are they all show, no go? Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. a, uh, think of it as a big rig truck seat or something like that. So but they it's float? A, it's a pair of air over oil shocks that are fitted on the back. So supposed to be comfortable when you're hitting whoops and supposed to um, absorb more impacts and then also help the driver focus better because your head and neck aren't moving around. And then you can tune them based on knobs on the back. And then if you don't want to use them, you can basically unlock them with a lever and then they're just like regular seats. Well, wait a minute. Oh, hold on a second. Because I didn't understand how they're working. So the vertical shocks, they're in the, in the seat back. But what are they shock? Are they, it's at the seat bottom that they're moving, that they're, they're, they're damping? What are those shocks connected to? I couldn't tell. The seat frame. But I, I'm working on getting the chief engineer from Tacoma on the show to come on. Because I'd like to see the material stripped away. I'm, I'm sure you would. We, okay. can, uh, we can ask that when we get Toyota on the show and, and do a deeper dive on it. The interior is looks just like Tundra, just scaled down. You get a 7-inch digital gauge cluster on lower uh, trims and a 12.3-inch unit on, uh, on higher trims and then an 8-inch infotainment that moves up to a 14-inch uh, just like the Tundra. So it's... Very Tundra. It's a little tighter. It's sportier. I think it's pretty cool. You get Toyota Safety Sense, CarPlay, Android Auto, all that good stuff. Um, I think uh, I think Toyota, you know, looking at it, I think they have a, a winner on their hands. Um, again, check it out. Rear disc brakes and a fully boxed frame. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big upgrade. So for people who, who love the Tacoma, I think you're going to be pretty happy. Here's some more specs on the uh, Tacoma TRD Pro, which is sort of the top of the line. So again, 326 horsepower, 465 pound-feet of torque. So anyway, there's a lot to uncover. This is a sh- uh, a sh- meant to be a shorter segment. We'll do a deeper dive, but some of the lower-end Tacomas will come with leaf springs. The higher-end ones will have a multi-link uh, coil sprung setup, like on the TRD Pro and the Trail Hunter. Payload and towing are you know right in line with where the midsize trucks are going. Like I said, overall, I think it's going to be really successful, although I would have liked a little bit better tow points for it, and it would have been nice to see it on 35s. And uh, I can't wait to see people get in here and start to uh, start to modify these things and see what they're capable of, because I think it's just such a step above the current truck um, that, you know, 
these things are probably going to be at the dealership going markups, at least on trail hunters, TRD pros, and maybe limiteds for a while to come once they hit the... Uh, Do we know the initial price on uh, no, t- the top line? No, no, they haven't announced pricing yet. Okay. That'll be... Uh, and and these things touch down when? Do we know? September? Uh, later this year. Okay. So we're going to... Overland Expo next year, it's going to be Tacoma City. There's already people lining up to build them. Whew. Already involved in some stuff on that. Are so you really? I am. So you're saying that's under... Embargo. Uh, I would say it is under embargo. Damn it. So anyway, kudos to uh, Toyota for launching a full lineup on the uh, Tacoma and the TNGA-F global platform. That is basically underpinning all of the body-on-frame stuff uh, that you you care about from Toyota. So... So anyway, we're uh, we're excited to uh, to find out more about it. Like I said, I'm going to work on uh, getting somebody from Toyota on the podcast so we can do a, a deeper dive. There's just too much stuff to cover, and uh, we'll find out why they have such a giant air dam on uh, some of their models. <laughs> All right, Lighting, did you hear? How about new? No? no, I don't think so. The 2024 Ford Ranger configurator is now live. Uh, order banks will be opening up soon if they haven't already by the time you hear this. The Ranger will start at 34160 for an XL and top out at the Raptor at 56960. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. So if you're interested in uh, in the new Ranger, head on over to uh, Ford.com where you can uh, build a price one for yourself and uh, and check it out. It's pretty cool to play around and see what features are available. Uh, we just had the episode with the chief engineer of Ranger on a, a f- you know a few weeks ago. Uh, and finally, you'll be able to uh, see what the uh, the Ranger will cost you and the configuration that works best for you. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No! Nope. The uh, 2023 Rivian R1S uh, prices have been announced as, as well as estimated range. The longest range version is now 390 miles, and it'll uh, maintain three rows of seats. The R1S is going to have a little less range than the R1T because of the wheelbase, so it won't have as many batteries. And the versions of the R1S that are available are the dual motor all-wheel drive with 600 horsepower. And Saw a couple of those, by the way, at uh, Overland Expo. I was surprised. in there. Yeah. 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds. Uh, and then you'll be able to get a standard battery, large battery max. The next step up is performance dual motor all-wheel drive, 700 horse, 700 pound-feet. 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds with the large battery or max battery. And then the top of the line is the quad motor all-wheel drive. 835 horsepower, 908 <laughs> pound-feet of torque, 0 to 60 in 3 seconds, <laughs> and you only will be able to get that with the uh, large battery. So uh, when uh, the Rivian R1S, uh, which stands for SUV, versus R1T, which stands for truck, was available for order, uh, it was eligible for the $7,500 federal tax credit, which made the prices uh, you know, around 63 and a half, uh, which is, is pretty affordable is for what now? it is. Well, everything's gone up. And now destination charges $1,800, and there's no federal tax credit except for on one version, Oof. which fits under the new $80,000 price cap. And I believe it's only eligible for like $3,750 of the tra- tax credit. So um, it's pretty pricey. The 23 Rivian R1S dual motor all-wheel drive standard is $78,000. Mm. And then uh, you can go all the way up to uh, the... Quad motor all-wheel drive performance with the 22-inch wheels, and that's 94500 Of course, add the destination charge and uh, no tax credit. So she's, 100 Gs. She's pricey. Yep. She's pricey. All right, Lightning, did you hear? No. Nope. Ford Super Duty customers have begun taking delivery. So if your 2023 order went in, 
the vehicles are being produced at two plants here in the U.S., and they are now just hitting our dealership. In, in fact, I was on a trip this week where the company just got word that their 2023 Super Duty had arrived during our lunch. So I've had the chance to borrow a CJC Off-Roads 2023 Ford F-350. It's the HO, the 2023 HO, and I believe that it is the quickest full-size diesel pickup truck that I have ever driven stock. It is a beast. Bonkers. It's seriously bonkers. It feels TRX-like. Well, kudos to uh, the uh, 11,000 United Auto Worker hourly workers, uh, 9,000 at the Kentucky truck plant, and 1,800 at the Ohio assembly plant uh, who are now assembling the F-Series family of trucks. So, Dude, that torque is just 1,200 pound-feet of torque. That's pretty amazing. You feel every bit of it. And this uh, was up on 37s. You'd get on it, and you could feel the tread bend. Like, have you ever had that? Where you just, it's so much torque, you're twisting the tires. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No. Nope. A couple of uh, bits of news from Ford on their EV side uh, this past week. They are adopting no-haggle EV pricing in January of 2024, and you'll be able to buy an EV online and set up vehicle delivery. That includes the F-150 Lightning and the upcoming T3 truck that we have yet to see. But in other massive news, Ford said that they have collaborated with Tesla. What? And now... Oh, dual charging? Charging stations? And now Ford electric vehicles will be developed going forward with the Tesla charging infrastructure in mind wow. where you can go to Tesla's fast charger to uh, charge your F-150. So uh, if, if your buddy's got a cyber truck and you guys go on a road trip, you can uh, charge your F-150 lighting right alongside him. Wow. So I believe the uh, the Tesla standard is uh, NACS, the it's North American Charging Standard, and then the one that uh, Ford currently uses is the CCS standard. And it appears that they aren't abandoning CCS for Tesla. They'll be both versions. So I think that's going to give Ford a leg up on uh, the competition because they're already going to have a built-in charging infrastructure Can uh, I ask with a, Tesla. Can I ask a dumb question? Yep. Is that just a plug adapter that you put on you, to the end? You or? can use a plug adapter. I don't know if Tesla blocks you electronically, though, ah. uh, for making it happen. You can definitely adapt a Tesla-style uh, charger to something else or in reverse, I believe. But the software has to allow you to do it as well. Gotcha. So Ford is going to be the manufacturer. And I think they're going to be able to do it on an app where you, you'll be able to handle payment and all that kind of stuff, just like you would on a Tesla, but through the Ford Pass app. It's so. amazing that the Ford, like, look at, we talked last show about, you know, them going with Sync, you know, Microsoft Sync, and it kind of didn't work the way they wanted it to. And then they acquiesced and went over to CarPlay and, and Android Auto. Now they're dealing with Tesla, like... They're just all of a sudden willing to play with other manufacturers in order to be current, right? And 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 like where others are saying, nope, we want our own ecosystem. Yeah. Ford is willing to do what it takes to be relevant. It certainly seems that way. Uh, you can expect those changes to come uh, starting in 2025. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? What? No. Nope, I don't think so. The state of South Carolina has now joined North Carolina and has banned the notorious Carolina squat. So Governor Harry McMaster signed the bill, which will become law in November, and it's a hundred bucks for your first violation. Should be more. Two hundred for the second, mm. three hundred for the third, mm. and you get license suspended. Nice. <laughs> so 
Anyway, I, I think uh, there's a, a, a big safety issue, obviously, with the driver looking at the sky and the headlights pointed at the sky and all that stuff. It's a style thing. I'm sure you guys listening either love it or hate it, but uh, but for better or worse, the Carolinas are not where you want to squat anymore. <laughs> hey, Lightning, did you hear? I don't watch the news because I'm a kid. No, haven't heard. Hennessy has uh, debuted a new 2024 Ford Ranger Raptor Velociraptor 500 with you guessed it, 500 horsepower. Mm. So uh, apparently tuning is still alive and well with uh, 2024 Fords, if you know the right people. I was told that everyone was locked out starting in 22. And Hennessy, as far as I know, doesn't work directly with Ford. So they're doing like a full, they got to be doing like an ECM swap with HP tuners. I don't know. I don't know how they're doing it. 405 horsepower and 430 Mm. stock, and it moves up to 500 and 550, which are gains of 95 horsepower and a not insignificant 120 pound feet over stock. Yeah. So that's definitely a flash tune. Mm. I don't know how they're doing that. Interesting. Well, maybe we should uh, call Mr. Hennessy and see if he'll uh, regale us with his uh, presence back on the Truck Show podcast. But I don't think he's going to tell us what he's got going on under the hood, do you? Yeah, but he might tell us about some other cool stuff. I mean, he's got a lot of different vehicles. Did you see that he just sold one of his uh, Venom F5s? No. uh, To Michael Jordan. And he just bought a convertible, which when you put the top back on, 300 miles per hour. (laughs) Come on. Just crazy, yeah. All right, we've got a uh, ton of email for you guys, but uh, we're running out of time. So let's get to some five-star hotline, and we'll hit your uh, emails next show. Hey, whole man and uh, light built. Ryan, <laughs> just giving you a call. Had to comment on the Chinese built Lincoln. I mean, come on. You know that's just the business case. You guys look at these things on a daily basis. You know how this industry works. Ford has some deal more than likely with a Chinese manufacturer to tool up and invest. And they have a large market share or a large market they're going after in China. No different than when Buick went there 20, 25, 30 years ago and gained a big market share. And uh, they got bit in the butt now that um, in order to qualify for EV credits here in America, it has to be uh, built here. But I think uh, these new programs will encourage them to shift some production over here to the state. That's my take on your little uh, Lincoln fiasco. Have a good one. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's obviously it's business case situation, but uh, you've got a brand that its whole brand is American luxury, American this, American that's for for heaven's sake, it's named after a former American president that's beloved. But you're going to outsource the building to your Chinese partners or your factory over there and bring it here. I'm still not cool with it. Sorry. Nope. Leaves these two reviewers cold. Hey, Jan and Pullman. This is Mike Boyle. Uh, just wanted to chime in on the whole uh, Rampage versus Dakota thing. It's a no-brainer on that one. The Rampage already was a front-wheel drive unibody pickup from Dodge. I mean, they've already got the name. Save the Dakota name for the highly unlikelihood that they'll actually ever bring back a mid-sized truck. Just figured I'd let you guys know my opinion. Keep up the good work. Five stars. Five-star review! Five stars! Uh... 
Yeah, makes sense to me. I'm I'm down with Ram Rampage. It, <laughs> or you just call it the Rampage. I, I think it's the Rampage. Yeah, the I, Ram Rampage yeah. or the Rampage. Just the, no, the Rampage. Just the, no, Ram Rampage is better. Ram Rampage. Yeah, mm. more Ram for your bucks. See what I did there. Six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. That is the five star hotline. That's where these guys are leaving the messages. Six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. You can leave a message 24 hours a day as evidenced by this guy. Sean P. Lightning. How you guys doing? It's about uh, 3 in the morning Central Standard Time here in Indiana. I'm a driver. Uh, my name's Brian Bretz. You guys just read my email on your show today calling me Brian Betts. Betts. <laughs> uh, Oops. It's Bretz, B-R-E-T-Z. Thanks for reading the letter. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Bretz. Frontier spotting for you. Uh, you guys were talking about uh, calling in about what new truck we've got. Man, that just seems so far away. Trucks are so expensive. Uh, my wife and I follow the Dave Ramsey principles in a brand-new truck, uh, or 392, which sounds sweet like you guys just got. Can't do it. Just mentally cannot do the acrobatics to to get into that kind of debt. Uh, I drive an 03 Ford F. I sold my firstborn, so it ended up not being bad at all. That That's wise. weird because I sold your firstborn. Uh-oh. <laughs> 150. Um, I have owned it new from the day I drove it off the lot. I have babied this thing. I have had frostbitten hands in this Indiana winter washing the salt off the underbody. Runs great, 156,000 miles. Bone stock, except for some larger tires. Like the truck, uh, probably my favorite feature on it is that it doesn't have any uh, start-stop hybrid bull crap on it. Um you just turn the key, it runs, it's uh, XLT, but it's just super basic. So love the show. You guys are entertaining, informative. Mounting those parameters, man, every time I hear that. Uh feel sorry for that girl, but that is freaking hilarious. Five stars, you guys are great. Keep trucking. Master, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Yeah, buddy. Five star review. Five stars. Six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five five star hotline. Sean Jay, listening to today's podcast. Who knows? Episode nine, nineteen. I don't know. You're somewhere in the news series talking about General Motors wanting to go their own way and getting rid of Android and CarPlay. And I'd have to agree with you guys on this one. That just sounds horrible. Um, it sounds like some some version of their own. Uh, Mounted monitor engine parameters or something like that. <laughs> nice. So maybe um, if they do go down that path, you can you can set them up with that with that auto show personality that's uh, infamous for that thing. That would be great. I'm sure they would appreciate it. Have a good one. I'm glad to see that uh, our listeners agree with us, and uh, it's amazing how Apple and Google have ingrained themselves in our lives. But something as simple as having the same interface for, you know, maps and music. Like, I just got back from my trip, and I had a brand-new Nissan Altima SV. And I'm in this little town of Monroe, Louisiana, 
And I get my rental car, and I, I had ordered this the cheapest thing because I, I was only going to put like 50 or 60 miles on it. So it was like Mitsubishi Mirage or some hatchback that I probably would have died in. And little tiny airport two gates. Walk up to the counter, and the guy says, are you national or enterprise? And I'm like, I'm uh, national. So he flips his hat around. and, uh, <laughs> Did and he, he was both? And he's Yeah. And he opens the key box. He goes, I only have a minivan and an Altima. I'm like, well, I, you know, there might be a family coming in. I'll take the Altima. And I wasn't expecting much. I walk out. Brand new, 2,000 miles, clean, tight, no scratches, smells new, CarPlay. I mean, it's just the SV model. Everything I need to get around town. And I can't tell you from that experience whether you rent cars often or you're a journalist like me and you're driving different things all the time, what a difference it is to be able to have the same interface and how much less stress there's off driving in an unfamiliar place. Now, do you plug in or do you Bluetooth in? I plug in. I, I hate I hate wireless car yeah, play. It gets yeah. lost in all that stuff. And when I'm plugged in, I know I'm charging and it's just, I'm, I'm, yeah, a, I'm a plug Yeah, I'm guy. there with you. Whole Shot McQueen, how's it going? This is Brian Brett again uh, down in southern Indiana. It's currently 4 a.m. Wow, an hour later. Uh, running a load of uh, white flour, 51,000 pounds plus. Uh, the funny thing about white flour is if you're standing around a campfire with your friends and you have a bag of white powder and you just go, it makes a massive like fireball. Does it really? It just atomizes when it's really fine and it just burn and it's it's just white powder. You just like funny. To just walk in with your friends uh, safely out in the desert. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's nothing that can burn. And you just toss a handful of flour randomly and it goes... I just thought I'd call in, say thank you for the stickers. Uh, Only sent you the one picture of uh, the Nissan Frontier. Seeing a lot more of them around here. They are are starting to tick up. Plenty of parts delivery vehicles at O'Reilly's and uh, just other uh, personal vehicles on the road. Can't believe I'm leaving this story, but it, I mean, it's not a serious story. But you guys talking about brown stories, <laughs> and uh, you know, driving a little bit, you, you kind of if your timing's not right, you can find yourself in some unique places. And you know, I'll be down here blowing off a load of flour, and you can't exactly just shut down and run in there. And I've had- by the way, is that a euphemism? Blowing off a load of flour? Uh, <laughs> probably not. I had to waddle in, and I'm sweating and. It's it's not fun. I know exactly what you guys are talking about. But uh, anyways, just wanted to say thanks. My family thought I was a weirdo for getting so excited over a uh, envelopes from banks. <laughs> Had no idea what was going on, but I knew what was in there. And uh, tell Gail thanks. Appreciate him letting you use his uh, stationery. Uh, he doesn't know. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, when when I was starting to do this. There, we didn't I, think it was going to be hundreds. I had no idea, and I had included a couple lockjaw stickers in there, oh, which yeah, I had. Which are out of now. I'm gone. Yeah, Those yeah. are out. So that just continues to be stationary. So the guys in the mailroom are starting to look at me weird. They're like, this is like now a couple hundred of these <laughs> yeah. things, right? I'm like, dude, big deal. It's like 70 cents yeah. times a couple hundred. Uh, yeah. At some point, I'm going to get a bill from uh, yeah. our mail department. Mm-hmm. It's going to be ugly. And I think if we had more people like Gail Banks, uh, this country would be in a lot better shape right now. Hardworking entrepreneurs, not asking for anything, just for the government to get the the heck out of their way so they can go make money and employ other people. You guys have a great day. Take care. Five stars. Mounter those parameters. <laughs> Five star review. Five stars. Mounter parameters. 
657-205-6105. Go truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us, please. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. You can even, uh, find us on the socials. He's at LBC Lightning. I'm at Sean B. Holden. We're at Truck Show Podcast. You can also uh, email us, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, Holman at truckshowpodcast.com, or lightning at truckshowpodcast.com. We want to hear from you, whether it's on the five-star hotline or via social or via email. Tell us your story. Tell us what you got going on. Ask us questions. We will do our best to answer them on the air. Now, are we still okay with them frontier spotting? Yeah. <laughs> Don't I, let it die. I mean, I have more Basically, stickers. Well, here's the thing. because We're going to go until we run out of stickers. No, that's not... I can keep printing stickers. No, no. We're going to go until we run out of stickers. <laughs> so, for you who are new to the I can't afford show, the hidden mail charges that are coming our way. They're not coming. I'm not going to stick you with it. It's coming out of my pocket for the freaking stickers. I just got 500 more. So, I'm good for a little bit. If you guys are sitting in the cab of your truck, and you look out your windshield, and you see a Frontier... Take a photograph of it and send it to truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, lightning at truckshowpodcast.com, or lightning at truckshowpodcast.com. Because Just send it to lightning. Because Holman's not going to do anything with it, because I have all the stickers and all the envelopes. I mean, I'll read your email and forward it to lightning. Yeah, that's what will uh, happen. That's about it. Oh, man, that was a, uh, that was a long show. Whew, that was a doozy. Was a marathon. Good thing we're think, uh, recording on the weekend. Do you think uh, our affiliates are still with us, or have mm. they tuned out to uh, their normally scheduled programming? So we have a couple brown note stories, but I think we'll hold till after the show. Bonus content. Oh, bonus. After we close it out. Bonus brown so, note. So before we uh, do all that, let's uh, thank Nissan for uh, making some awesome trucks. And uh, if you are looking for a truck manufacturer makes a good, dependable, reliable, affordable truck that sponsors your favorite podcast, then you want to go to the one and only Nissan. You can find them at NissanUSA.com or at a local dealer. Check out the Frontier, the Titan, the Titan XD. And, of course, the Titans have the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And if you guys want the best performance parts for your truck, head on over to BanksPower.com. Simply type in your year, make, and model. And if you find what you like and you want a little deal on it, Reach out to at LBC Lightning, and I will hook a brother up. All right, and if you guys need new shocks, head over to BillsteinUS.com. Bill Stein has the best monotube shocks, whether your truck is stock, whether it's lifted, whether it is a towing, daily driver, off-roading monster. Whichever it is, Bill Stein has a shock for you. You can go all the way from the direct replacement 4600s all the way up to external bypass B8 8100s. They got you covered. I use them on all my personal vehicles. I love Bill Stein, and Lightning uh, is getting the Bill Stein experience on his TRX. Dude, I got the Blackhawk E-squareds on the truck, and oh, they're so nice. All right, and last but not least, we got to thank our friends over at Onyx Maps. So if you want to go to onyxoffroad.com, you can find the best map app software for your phone, your tablet, or even your desktop. You can build routes. You can share them with your friends. You can go on adventures. Hey, if you download your maps ahead of time, the offline maps, no cell connectivity. You can still find your way around and get yourself home. Or if you're looking for a new place to explore in a far-off land where uh, you're unfamiliar, you can see if you're squatting on someone's property or if you're uh, safely on a public thoroughfare. So onxmaps.com. You can head on over to the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Download today and subscribe. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors. Some vehicles may have been harmed during the making of this podcast.
All right, uh, lightning. I don't uh, want to read these in the middle because might be not <laughs> They're great. foul. <laughs> foul. Uh, but we got a couple of brown notes. So listen, if you're sensitive and you you want to be done with the show, fine. But here's our bonus content. The uh, first. Hold one, on. Wait. Whoa. 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 Well, maybe it's a good time for me to mention that uh, parents with small children listening uh, might want to be aware that this particular talk is intended for a, a more mature audience. Or people who like hearing gross things. All right, we're going to start with the hot dog story from our friend Trevor Nemoreau. Uh The hot dog story. I was somewhere around 20 to 23 working for a landscaping company as an account manager, which involved lots of driving around in my second gen early double-aught Ford Ranger. Of course, being early 20s and single, nearly every meal was eaten out on the road, so a good deal for food was always of interest. My co-worker, Mimo, had raved to me a few times about how the local gas station to our office had some deal for two hot dogs for something like 50 cents. Ooh, gas station hot dogs, <laughs> dude. Dude, it reminds me of the time I was in uh, Montana, and I had my first gas station pizza. And I literally flung it out of the window like a frisbee on the freeway. It was so disgusting, oh, and it yeah. flew for a good hundred, like fifty feet. It was like, wow, look at that go! Do you think those hot dogs that are on the rotisserie the are there from the day prior, and they just no. let them roll? No, no, unless you're twenty four hours, because then <laughs> one day rolls into the other. All right. Despite my young, broke, garbage disposal diet, I thought mm, questionable. Most days were spent driving around trying to figure out which roadside-style diner my other coworker and I could meet up for breakfast and then debating how much time we should wait before deciding which one to meet at for lunch. Perks of company fuel. On this particularly fateful day, my coworker couldn't meet, so I was on my own. Damn. I thought to myself, why not give those hot dogs a try? Mimo swears <laughs> oh, by them. No. By the way, any dude named Mimo has a constitution <laughs> for a stomach you'll never match. I plucked my choices straight off the dino, <laughs> which is the rollers, uh-huh. topped them off, paid my 50 cents and left. Not 30 seconds passed after getting the second one down before I realized Mimo had led me astray. Very astray. Code Brown immediately. <laughs> I hopped in the Ranger and deployed all 143 horsepower. Oh, no. Luckily, the office was just around the corner, but some of the longest lights in history existed between me and that office. After blasting in the parking lot, I did the quote-unquote try to be casual with but swift walk straight through the office and was greeted with an empty throne. Ah, sweet, sweet relief. So much relief that I think I'll just rest my head on my knee for a second. And what? Holy sh**. How long was I out for? Where am I? Oh, no. <laughs> Where am I? Still on the <laughs> WTF. I need to wipe. But immediately when I try to stand, I nearly collapse because my legs are the most asleep they've ever been in my life. I nearly, <laughs> I'm nearly paralyzed leaning on the wall at such an angle to facilitate finishing my business. I somehow managed to pull my pants up without face planning. I can't feel the location of my feet. And the walk to the sink looks like a marathon distance away. Somehow I slide my body along the wall to the sink, probably looking like Leo DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street when he takes out the OG Quaaludes and tries to drive. I lean against the wall and sink to wash my hands barely. I wrap up and exit the throne back into the office, and thank God it's empty, except for my admin. I hobble to my cubicle, knocking half the office light switches off as I go. As I sit in the dim light, staring blankly in post-traumatic shock, I hear my admin rounding the corner. My immediate instinct is for some reason to stand up and face slightly away from her direction, placing my hand on top of the cubicle for support to my barely recovered legs. Just my luck. She wants to talk. Her. Hey, want to get some lunch with us in like 30 minutes? Me. Shakes head. No. She didn't hear how long I was in the her noticing the lights are off, turns them back on, then noticing I'm standing at an empty cubicle with no laptop or apparent work in front of me and awkwardly facing away. 
You okay? Me. Yep. She slowly walks away, and I sit back down, so embarrassed by the ridiculousness of the encounter I just had and the fact I passed out on the pot for probably 30 to 40 minutes at my work. Once my legs recovered, of course, I had to go to her <laughs> since we were really close friends and recount this entire story and explain that, no, I wasn't okay, and Mimo's damn hot dogs wrecked me. Well, by the time our team staff meeting rolled around, the entire office knew and became known as a hot dog story. <laughs> that was awful. I mean, that was they, that was awful. Wow. All right, here's one from uh, Nathan Hendrickson. Hey, mm-hmm. Lightning and Holman. I thought I'd send my Code Brown story since Lightning was disappointed his inbox was not full of Code Brown stories in episode 20 of season uh-huh. two. This happened to me years ago at a Japanese steakhouse, you know, the kind where you get dinner and a show right in front of you. I was on a date with my longtime girlfriend at the time when I was given a few freshly cooked shrimp while my meal was being prepared. I'm not at all a seafood guy, but I hadn't eaten shrimp in a long time. I tried it. All was well until we were driving down the road and my stomach started making terrible noises. <laughs> Very loud noises, followed by debilitating cramps. I'm like, oh, oh, oh no, <laughs> we got to find somewhere that's still open quick. My girlfriend, being the thoughtful person she is, is laughing hysterically. I love bookstores and knew one would be open, so I whipped into the shopping center that has books a million. Uh, coincidentally, one of the places that carries OVR magazine. So wait a minute. Why did he say, I've got to go to the bathroom, I'm, I want to find a bookstore? Because they had a public, a clean public restroom. Like, they have a clean, I've done that. A bookstore? Heck yeah, Barnes & Noble has some of the cleanest bathrooms you can find. Huh, okay. Better I'm than going to like McDonald's. A, well, I'm thinking like a food court or something. Oh, you know? God, no. Because well, yeah, no, everybody's I, having the same problem you do. Oh, yeah. There's not even a guarantee of a stall being open in a food court. Yeah. Walking tight-cheeked as possible, I go into the store, make it halfway back toward the magazines, and it does, again, a very loud and long gurgling noise coming from inside me. <laughs> I stopped walking, grabbing a shelf for support. My girlfriend asked, are you okay? No, no, I'm not okay. Waiting a few seconds, letting that die down, I started walking again. <laughs> Made it to the bathroom door that's propped open with the closed for cleaning sign. I, oh, no. I kicked the doorstop out of the way. And the sign, look up and see a middle-aged woman with a mop in her hands. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, I'm trying. She looks at me, and I look at her. With a bead of sweat running down my brow, I say, you got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> she said nothing, stuck her mop in the big yellow bucket and walked right out. <laughs> After several minutes, I came out feeling better. My girlfriend in tears from laughter. She had heard the rushed exchange from the employee and myself in the doorway. I said I couldn't help, but there's nothing. <laughs> there wasn't much more time to wait. And there's the closest I've been to publicly messing myself. Also, to this day, I haven't had shrimp. Hope you found this half as enjoyable as my ex-girlfriend. Thank you for all you do. Lightning, thank yes. you for the note I received with my stickers. Take care. Nathan Hendrickson from Knoxville. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Although, it's kind of so bad that it's good, in a way. <laughs> Did I tell you the Long Beach uh, Grand Prix story? No. Okay, so I, I I suffer from this malady from time to time, and there have been uh, at least ten notables, I would say, that would be worthy of this. But really? What, what You've my, had that many brown notes? One of my favorites was I was at the Long Beach Grand Prix. I was working for Norm Reeves' Honda Superstore at the time. Honda was one of the top sponsors in the uh, in the racing at that time, so we had VIP passes when we go anywhere. In the convention center, they had like displays and stuff, and people were rotating around. It was like in the middle of the track, and that's the big building in Long Beach that has the Wyland Whales painted on it. And I remember having such a severe case of the cramps in Code Brown that I I had no choice. 
no choice but to what push through into the bathroom and pass a bunch of people and go and as soon as some dude came i beat the dude and i'm like i'm sorry oh and you cut someone off no, i cut like five people off oh my god and were they what were they saying And it was one of those ones where i could barely like get my pants down before <laughs> the fireworks and it was explosive uh-huh. and uh, as i was in there uh grunting and spackling the porcelain god to a level that should be uh historic was it coming up to the bottom of the seat it was whatever it, just- it was it wasn't good it may have had, um, it may have, the the brand, let's say, may have been um, if you had eaten a newborn or something. Oh, it was, oh my God. And, <laughs> and I will never oh forget God. this, that this happened. I swear this happened. Mm-hmm. I finish up feeling relieved. And as I walk out, I pass a gentleman walking through the threshold of the bathroom at the exact same time. He gets four steps and goes, oh, my God. <laughs> Turns around and walks right out behind me. And you have to imagine, this is a convention center Wait a minute. filled with thousands of people. And what I did in this little room caused a man who had to go himself to, to viscerally and verbally shout out, oh, my God, and immediately pivot and retreat oh from the room God. that is supposed to provide safety and, <laughs> and a respite from lunch. And... Uh, I will always remember that man's voice. Oh, my God! <laughs> what did you do to that bathroom, that uh, stall? Uh, I remember being at the Texas State Fair once. Oh. And so Texas State Fair is on, is on the grounds of the Cotton Bowl. And so I walk in. It was I'm, not called the Cotton Bowl anymore. <laughs> no, I, I go. And so the Cotton Bowl bathrooms are like those cinder block buildings, right? Long, like rectangular square or rectangular uh, cinder block buildings. With a big trough. Yeah, there's urinals. troughs on one side and there's a bunch of you know stalls uh, on the other. And I walk in, and I open it up, and there are stalactites <laughs> hanging from the ceiling with toilet paper. No the way. The entire stall is completely what? exploded. I go to the next one. It's the same way. I go to the next one. What are people It's the eating? same way. I go to the next one. It's the same way. And I'm noticing that the whole bathroom's wet as if somebody had just hosed it down, like all the drains that are on the floor. Okay. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. So I... Turn around to because there's nothing I can do. Like it's sink or try and find somewhere else. And this poor old janitor's outside, and I go, "Hey, I hate to tell you this, but I think you got a problem in there." And he looks at straight in my eyes with a level of knowledge mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting. He goes, oh, "Not again." And he picks <laughs> up his mop and he goes right back in there. It's almost like he had slayed the dragon. And he thought he was done. He was just he just wanted to have a cigarette and lean against the building and be like, that was probably one of the worst days I've ever worked here. And then it came again. <laughs> so anyway, all right. I, uh, I I hope that this has inspired you guys for more uh, Code Brown stories. We've all been there. Um, send us uh, send us more, please, because uh, that was a good chuckle right there. I appreciate that. Code Brown, truckshowpodcast.gmail.com. We'll read more. Leave them at the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. If you've had this in your pants... <laughs> but you've made it. You saved it. You you did Yeah, we don't want to know about failure. <laughs> That's a different show. <laughs>